Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the... Um, I don't, I don't really have any anything today for the first time. I call lies. You always got something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Very trim, Tyler D. I was gonna go terrific, but no, I'm not. You're not terrific. <laughs> you're not terrific at all. Don't don't you lie to me like that. But here we are in episode 17 in, in our new and improved setup. Yeah, yeah. This slightly improved, but slightly improved. I mean, you're a little close to me, which is a little. Oh, you like it. Uh, uh, maybe a little chub. I don't know yet. But anyway, um, you're stretching out my uh, my denim here. Anyway, um, so crazy week in the NFL. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of fun performances. I, I think anyway. We we've got some. Uh, uh, but but we're we're in trade week here. It's it's we're hitting the trade deadline. Week eight. We're getting to uh, 29. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the 30th. 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 So so we're we're hitting the trade deadline here. Um, team, now we don't normally see this type of stuff, you know, in trade week here, Tyler, we don't, we don't see, um, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, like in baseball, you always say it's not baseball, baseball. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you better refresh the page, even though you just did two seconds ago. Cause there's probably three more trades, right? Baseball and hockey, you know, you get to the trade deadline and all these players are just shifting every which way. And it's, you know, you also see, Oh, Whoa. I've Come got, on. I've, we're I've recording. Got, I've got an alarm going off here for what? I don't know. Would you set your alarm for PM versus AM? Yeah, I accidentally set it for PM. Well, anyway, um, but so we we've got like baseball, you've got a lot of crazy moves. Hockey, you got a lot of crazy moves. You don't necessarily see this at the NFL trade deadline, and and you don't you know a lot of teams you know it's a big risk trading for a player at this juncture in time in the season because when you're trading for a player at that point in time, that person has to learn a whole new scheme on the fly, has to figure it out. You know, versus when you trade for them at the beginning of the year. So ultimately, you know, you don't see a lot of moves at this point in the NFL. And this year, however, has been weirdly different. A lot of big names hitting the block. A lot of teams coming out and and saying, hey, my big guy's out there or making specific moves. We've seen quite a few of them. Um, so it, it's become a, a pretty, you know, a prolific time in but the NFL But at the same right time, now. though... Just because a player makes it to the block doesn't mean they're going to be traded either. We see players make the block every year and nothing ends up happening with it. So I expect in a lot of cases that will that will remain true. But to your point, there have been a lot more trades between the last week and uh, and the Cleveland Browns and before the season started. Yeah, and, and we have to also remember that that we have uh, you know five more days left, and and there's still players that have gone on the move. We saw several go on the move today. But before we get into that, Tyler, we've got some scores to go over. Oh, and yeah. uh, we're gonna go over the scores for uh, right here in the NFL. Um, are you ready, Tyler? Did you say, "Am I ready?" Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you there? It ready? Is. Right. is that what you're hoping for? Anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen, and now it's time for the scores right here in the NFL. And we're gonna kick it off with the Denver Broncos crush the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football, 45 to 10. The Broncos go to three and four, Cardinals to one and six. Case Keenum, 
14 for 21, 161, one touchdown and a pick. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders actually threw a touchdown pass in this game. One pass for 28 yards and a touchdown. Um, Rushing-wise, Philip Lindsay led the team. Four carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Royce Freeman also had 13 carries for 37 yards, and he hit the end zone as well. Emmanuel Sanders led the team in receiving six receptions for 102 yards, one touchdown. Demarius Thomas, five for 42. He didn't see the end zone, but Cortland Sutton did, wielding with on his only catch, that one coming from Emmanuel Sanders, the 28-yarder for a touchdown. Tyler, what you got for me? I have the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers go up in a, in a, in a squeaker, 20 to 19. The Chargers move to five and two, and the Titans fall to three and four after a great start of the season. Marcus Mariota went 24 for 32, 237 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Deion Lewis had 13 carries and 91 yards, and then Derrick Henry had 12 carries and 38 yards, 33 yards. Not a great average there, but he did get in the end zone. Taj, Tajay, Taj, Sharp. We had seven is it receptions. Tahay? Or is it Tajay? Yeah, you, you you mentioned this last time. It might be oh. Tahay. I, 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 I don't know. know. Yeah, that's weird. I'm just going to call you Taj. Taj. Okay, that's a good Taj one. Sharp. Um, seven receptions, 101 yards. Big game there for for him. But it was uh, Luke Stocker who got the end zone once on, on his two receptions for 11 yards. On the Chargers side, Phillip Rivers had himself a good game, 19 for 26, 306 yards, two touchdowns. Phillip Rivers showing up this year. And he always does, and no one yeah. talks about him. Nobody talks about him, but I gotta tell you, he shows up. This is they're saying this year is one of his his better years statistically. So I, I'm really impressed with Rivers right now. At the rushing attack, <coughs> Austin Eckler goes 12 carries for 42 yards in Gordon's absence. And then through the, through the air, Tyrell Williams had four receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. And Mike Williams also had a one reception, 55 yards, and a touchdown as well. That Tyrell Williams is a guy you don't hear about it very often either. He's actually very, very good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been quiet, but uh, he's, he has his big games too. Mm-hmm. He's, he gets in the end zone a lot. Good red zone threat. What do you got? Uh, the Carolina Panthers had a come-from-behind victory against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, coming back from 17 down. To win 21 to 17 over the Eagles, Cam Newton 25 for 39, 269, two touchdowns. Um, Cam also had seven carries for 49 yards on the day. Jarius Wright actually had a, a carry for 34 yards, but the Christian McCaffrey was shut down by the Eagles. He had seven carries for 29 yards. Curtis Samuel hit the end zone on two carries for nine yards as well. Uh, Devin Funches six receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown. Torrey Smith. Four receptions for 61 yards. Christian McCaffrey did see some time through the air. Six receptions for 51. And Jarius Wright, the former Viking, two receptions for 37 yards. DJ Moore also got on the field as well. He had three for 29 yards. Um, over on the Eagles side, Carson Wentz, 30 for 37, 310 yards, two touchdowns. Wendell Smallwood got the bulk of the carries, nine for 32 yards. Josh Adams also had four for 17 Zach Ertz having himself a game, nine receptions, 138 yards. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey had seven receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. And Dallas Goder, seems like we're seeing his name more and more often throughout the weeks, four receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. Tyler, what you got? I have your Minnesota Vikings and Woo. the New York Jets as the Vikings go up 37-17 as the Vikings go up to 4-2-1. They are one game away from your... After the Bills' prediction of five wins. <laughs> so I think they're going to blast through your five-win prediction. I, I hope so. I hope they keep tearing it up. Man, a five, um, 
10 and 1 would be amazing. I would cry. That's not going to happen. On the New York Jets fall to 3 and 4. Kirk Cousins goes 25 for 40, 241 yards and two touchdowns. Latavius Murray with Cook still out had 15 carries and 69 yards and got in the end zone twice. Big game. Um, uh, Rock Thomas also had a carry for 20, one carry for 23 yards. We had one big, big run there. And Adam Thielen. Again. You guessed it. He had nine receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown. So he gets, gets that through to seven. He ties the record. Aldrick Robinson has one reception for 34 yards and got in the end zone. And then Stefan Diggs, um, you think quiet because it's 33 yards, but he had eight receptions on 14 targets. So he's still a guy that's really getting getting targeted. Um, and, and one guy, you know, we just mentioned Aldrick Robinson. Aldrick Robinson, um, we had talked about him a couple weeks ago when the Vikings signed him, and, and you guys had really, you, you blew him off. You, you said, oh, he's nothing special. It's Aldrick Robinson. Yeah, and you, you had dismissed him. I want to point out that Eldrick Robinson has had three touchdowns in three weeks here, two of which came in, a, in the game again. Or actually, I'm sorry, it's three touchdowns in, in four weeks here because it was against St. Louis. No, I understand that, but one reception, though, I, I, I want to see more production. One, one reception, I get it, but we have to understand that the guy's not on the field as often. Um, Diggs and Thielen are the, are the big two there along with Kyle Rudolph. Um, Eldrick Robinson, he, he submits a lot of his... Uh, um, uh, play time, his field time over to Laquan Treadwell, who, who did, as you can see, get some production in that game. Um, so, I mean, but Aldrick uh, uh, Robinson has shown up and he's been scoring touchdowns. He's been a red zone threat. And that one pass that he did catch was a bomb. Yes, and it, it was. And it was a beautiful concentration. The guy made, the guy tipped the ball and he caught it in the end zone. So I got to say kudos to Aldrick Robinson for making it when he does get on the field, for making it count. Now, um, the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, you did not care about the Jets. I mean, <laughs> nobody cares about the Jets, but you go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, we, might, we might have some viewers in uh, we, York, we, we might. We might. Um, the New York Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold goes 17 for 42, 206 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. A rough outing there for Sam Darnold. Isaiah Crowell leads the team there with 11 carries and 29 yards. And Bilal Powell had five carries in 20 yards, but he is now on the IR. Yep. So Crowell's going to see an increased big time uh, workload there. Yes. And Sam Darnold ran the ball six times for 18 yards and a touchdown. Vikings were flushing him out of the pocket all game. Trenton Cannon had led the team with four receptions, 69 yards. Robbie Anderson had three receptions, 44 yards. Christopher Herndon, the fourth. Had four receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown. What do you got? The Indianapolis Colts blow out the Buffalo Bills, 37-5. Derek Anderson, 20 for 31, 175, three interceptions. Uh, Chris Ivory led the team in rushing, 16 carries for 81 yards. And Kelvin Benjamin, four receptions for 71 yards. On the Colts side, Andrew Luck, 17 for 23, 156, four touchdowns on the day. Marlon Mack came alive, 19 carries, 126 yards, one touchdown. Um, we also got to see Naheem Hines get five carries for 47 yards, and Jordan Wilkins had six carries for 46. Uh, Chester Rogers led the team in receiving four receptions for 40 yards. Marlon Mack also had two for 33 and got in the end zone through the air as well. Uh, Eric Ebron got a little bit more time, three receptions for 31 yards. He comes back down to earth after the big game last week. And T.Y. Hilton comes back and gets four receptions for 25 yards, but he gets in the end zone twice, and Eric Swoop got in the end zone one time as well. Tyler, hit me. 
All right. Um, I got the well. Before I go to my game, I'm, I I learned something from this Bills game. What's that? The Bills are always involved in blowouts. Yep, one way but, or the uh, other. Um, <laughs> there is, but, but you think they they always get blown out unless they face the Vikings and then they do the blowing out. No, yeah. Well, I mean, at least they don't lose in overtime to the Browns. But I mean, that's okay. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> These don't got a tie, got to worry about it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That tie is going to get us to the playoffs. I'm okay with it. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be long in the playoffs. For that. <laughs> um, I have the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears in a great game. The New England Patriots win 38-31 as the um, uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots go to five and two, and the Bears drop to three and three. The one big thing in the game is the last play of the game. The photo finish there, man. I I really feel for the Bears in this one, like. It's not very often you you complete a Hail Mary. It's not even that I feel for the bear, the Bears in this situation. You know how I feel really bad for is Kevin White. Kevin White has had the worst luck of any NFL player I have ever seen. <laughs> the man catches the ball, stopped at the line. Injuries all throughout his career. That poor bastard has been sitting around going, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. So just quick quick uh, hit here is uh, whose fault is he stopped at the one? I think you blame Trubisky for not putting in the end zone. I, I, part of me says you do, and then the other part of me wonders whether or not Trubisky had enough arm for that. I, I don't know. Well, he obviously didn't. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that's the question of the day. Anyway, the Patriots, uh, Tom Brady uh, goes 25-36, 277 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. James White had 11 carries, 40 yards. Kajon Bardner goes 10 carries on 36 yards. And Sony Michael, four, four carries, 22 yards. Josh Gordon, he shows up. To lead the team, four receptions, one hundred yards. He shows up. Chris Hogan showed that he's also still there. Four, six receptions, sixty-three yards. James White got in the end zone through the air, eight receptions, fifty-seven yards. Got in the end zone twice. Oh. A really good game there by uh, James White. James White has been a monster all year. Oh yeah. Yes. No Julian doubt. Julian Edelman had five carries, thirty-six yards, and a touchdown. So. Everyone kind of craps on the Patriots' uh, receiving core, but Gordon's great, Edelman's proven great, and Chris Hogan's always kind of been an underrated guy, too. He, he gets the job done as well. Right. On the Bears' side, Mr. Trubisky has a rough game. His car is average. He had, went 26 for, for 50, 333 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But Mr. Trubisky ran the ball for 81 yards for and got in the end zone. Jordan Howard, 12 carries, 39 yards, and also got in the end zone. And Trey Burton, nine receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Woo. And Tarek Cohen had eight receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown as well. So Cohen is showing he's still there. Yes, he's he's worth the, the time there. What do you got? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win a nail-biter against the Cleveland Browns in overtime. Uh, the Browns going to overtime for the fourth time this season. Baker Mayfield, 23 for 34, 215, two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb sees the majority of the workload rushing the ball. 18 carries, 80 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Baker Mayfield also had four carries for 43 yards. Duke Johnson carried the ball just one time for negative four yards. So just when we thought Duke Johnson was the guy, Nick Chubb has showed up and said, Hi, I'm here. Um, Jarvis Landry, 10 receptions for 97 yards. He gets in the end zone once. Uh, David Njoku also had four for 52 yards. He gets in the end zone as well. As for the Bucks, Jameis Winston, 32 for 52, 365, but two picks. Uh, Jameis also ran the ball 10 times for 55 yards, got in the end zone one time. Peyton Barber, 11 carries for 30 yards. Ronald Jones also had six carries for 13. He got to see the end zone. 
And Deshaun Jackson on a nice little reverse, two carries for eight yards. He gets in the end zone as well. Um, Mike Evans, seven receptions for 107 yards, leads the team. What else is new? O.J. Howard, five receptions for 67 yards. Chris Godwin, five for 59 yards as the Bucks beat the Browns 26 to 25. Godwin's that was a quiet good year. Yeah, he's he's been proving that he's the number two over there. It's pretty nice well, to see. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's really not proving he's number two. It's, in terms of yards, he's third. Really? He's under um, Evans and Deshaun. They have a nice little receiving core there. But, well, what's going on with Godwin is, is he's a, uh, a volume pass catcher. So he's he's getting all the, the volume catches, whereas Deshaun is getting yeah, boom yeah. bust. Yeah, he's getting the big ones. So that's how that one's working. Houston Texans put a beating on the Jacksonville Jaguars' uh, early Super Bowl favorite going into the year. And the Jacksonville Jaguars dropped to 3-4. and four. Woo! And the Texans now in control of the division. Big surprise. At four and three. Big surprise. Wait, are they in control of the division? No, I'm thinking of a different division. I think they're in control of the division. Yeah, either that or they're tied for it. One of the two. I think they're in control of it, though. But they're in control because the... The Titans are three and four as well. Yep. And the yeah. Colts are still behind. Yeah, Colts are still in the cellar. So after starting off 0-3, the Texans are four and three now. They're, they're bringing it back and showing that they want to win the division. Deshaun Watson goes 12 for 24, 139 yards and a touchdown. But he also ran the ball seven times for 13 yards. Lamar Miller showing that um, he's finally here to play. I mean, we're seven weeks in, but he's finally showed up to play. Lamar Miller has 22 carries and 100 yards and a touchdown. Great Good game. workload. Good workload. Alfred Blue also had eight carries and 28 yards. Will Fuller, six receptions, 68 yards. And DeAndre Hopkins at three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. And Kiki Cootie and uh, Tyler Irving each got, a, each got a reception. Kiki Cootie uh, again. One yard, one catch for three yards, though, so he wasn't really that as active as he has been in the past. I just like the name. Yeah. <laughs> On the Jaguars' side, ugh, this is sad. It's a sad day. At quarterback, Cody Kessler led Yuck. the team. 21 for 30, 156 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Not too bad for what, he had, what we had to work with. And Blake Bortles, the starter, goes 6 for 12, 61 yards. But Bortles did run the ball six times with 30 yards. TJ Yeldon had 12 carries and 28 yards. And Jamal Charles made got some action too. He had one carry on two yards. Uh, at receiving, Dante Moncrief led the team seven receptions, 76 yards. DJ Yeldon had 40 yards through the air and five receptions and a touchdown. And DJ Clark had four receptions, 31 yards. What do you got? The Detroit Football Lie Downs. The Lions beat the Miami Dolphins 32 to 21. Matt Stafford 18 for 22, 217 yards, two touchdowns. The big story here is the Lions' run game, 248 yards on the ground. Carry on Johnson. The big story: 19 carries, 158 yards. Legarrette Blunt. Also had 10 for 50 and a touchdown. Golden Tate, he had a carry for 30 yards. Matt Stafford ran four times for nine. And Amir Abdullah had a one carry for one yard. Um, Michael Roberts, three receptions for 48 yards. Two touchdowns on the day. Kenny Galladay also showed up. Two receptions for 37 yards. Golden Tate had four for 36 yards. And Marvin Jones, three for 29. As the Lions take their run defense to number, or I'm sorry, their running offense to number 11 in the league right now with that performance. Um, Brock Osweiler for the Miami Dolphins, 22 for 31, 239, two touchdowns, not a bad performance. Uh, Kenyon Drake, six carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. Frank Gore, 
10 carries for 29 yards. Um, and receiving-wise, Danny Amendola, there's a name we haven't heard in a minute, six receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Desicki, three receptions for 44 yards. And Albert Wilson, three for 32. And Takeem Grant, two for 32 on the day. Tyler, what you got? The New Orleans Saints and the Baltimore Ravens. And that was a great game. It, it, it was a great game. The, the Saints go up 24-23 as the Saints go to 5-1, and one, and the Ravens drop to 4-3. and three. Um... I got I got a lot of tech after this game. I I, I normally do it to Ravens loss, I and mean, when you're a big fan, it, you, it comes with the consequences of a loss. It's really fun harassing you the same way you have fun harassing me about the bike. Absolutely, and I, I got a lot of texting. Oh, Tyler, don't jump off the edge. It's okay. And here's the thing. I was afraid I was going to lose my friend that day. I I'm upset they lost <laughs> this game based on how it happened. I mean, I, I'm not going to put blame on Tucker. I mean, it's his first miss ever. I mean, you, it's bound it, to happen. It, well, the thing is about this, and, and you and I were talking about this over lunch, the, the amount of people that were out there putting blame on Joe Flacco over this game. And, and he had a good game. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play bad. And, and I'm like, if anybody should be blamed, I mean, whether or not it was his first his first missed extra point, if anybody at all should be blamed for this loss, it's going to be Tucker. Yeah, and Tucker's going to take the blame for that loss. And naturally, as a kicker, will. But but I'm not going to. I don't think most fans should give him. I mean, it's his first miss. It just happens to be. It's just bad timing. Right. And and people, people. I mean, I keep hearing all this nonsense, and you do too, about, oh, it's time to put Lamar in. It's just it's just ignorant. Yeah. It, it really is. And, and here, here's my thing in this game. I mean, even in loss, I'm damn proud of this football team. Yeah, and you um, have every right to be. What what they did, basically, the, the defense kept Breeze relatively in check as much as you can a... Um, Super Bowl winning Hall of yeah. Hall, future Hall of Fame quarterback. first ballot first, first ballot, ballot. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Um, the defense did their job and then the the offense did their job they kept up with Drew Brees mm-hmm. um, to to me even in loss this team proved that it can it can compete with any any team in this league right now on any given day you know what this could very well be and and you're gonna love me saying this but you know like the way that the the Ravens defense is playing the start that Joe Flacco's gotten off to. They're looking like a Super Bowl team, and and they're, they're looking like a playoff team. They're looking like they could win the Super Bowl, and that sucks for me to say because I hate when you're happy about the Ravens winning. But, you know, the fact of the matter is they look like a Super Bowl team right now and a Super Bowl caliber defense at the very least because they're the number one defense in the league, and they just shut down a Hall of Fame quarterback. Their, their record doesn't showcase how, how well they're playing right now. Four and no. three, they really should be should be better off right now. And John Brown having the year he's having, I mean, oh yeah, what, what in the hell happened to that guy? You know, like I showed you, we were talking, looking at stats over lunch, and Joe's numbers are looking better than they than they have since the, his Super Bowl year. And interceptions are down, touchdowns are about average. Yep. But uh, and yeah, the run game's not there, but the, the defense is honestly, I I hate to, I mean, knock on wood, I hate to be that guy, but this defense is showing showcasing a, t- a defense that's. Kind of reminiscence of double zero 2000 season, which is terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan. You don't see great defenses come around very often. It's fun to see. I mean, yes, the touchdown, the second half touchdown for defense thing came 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 to an end. I, I think it was always going to. It's but Reese, the but fact that it's come down to you know it's gone on for seven weeks basically is is just is it's insane. Yeah, it's not it's it's, it's not a human thing to do. I mean, you don't. Keep teams to no touchdowns for the second half all season. It was that's, going to end. That's perfection in the second half, and I, and that that I think speaks uh, loads about the the level of defense that this team is playing. How good their secondary is. How good C.J. Mosley's been. 
uh, quietly good. Yeah, um, and despite the despite the losses, the Ravens defense is doing the one thing that you complain that we complain about the most: know how to finish games. Right, they got to know how to finish, and that's what they're doing. I, I I actually I'm enjoying watching the Ravens play, and and I'm not even a Ravens fan. Purple Bowl. Oh God, let's I, do oh, it. God, I wish. I mean, we, we won't be friends for a week, but uh, we won't. We won't be friends for for maybe. I might not talk to you for a month. Well, depend. I mean, it depends on uh, which way the game goes and what happens. Yeah, and that week would just be bad. <laughs> but okay, stats. We're, we're kind of getting sidetracked. Yes. Um. So on the Saints side, Drew Brees goes twenty-two for thirty, two hundred and twelve yards. That's two hundred and twelve yards. Like not like three. Saying, yeah, Brees got. Got help in chat. Two very, as, as you like to put it, a very human game for Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. Al- Alvin Kamara, 17 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown, proving that he's a big part of this offense. Taysom Hill, the backup quarterback. Got some got some action on six carries, 35 yards. He kind of caused some havoc. Yep. And then uh, Mark Ingram, 12 carries, 32 yards. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be talking about that later. Michael Thomas, seven receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Traquan Smith, three receptions, 44 yards. Ben, ben Watson, still playing good ball, six receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. And Alvin Kamara had another 11 yards through the air. Alvin Kamara's kind of slowed down a little bit since Ingram came back into town. A little bit. I think I think they're trying to re, re get their footing because obviously they're they were both juggernauts last season. Right. I think they're just kind of trying to re get things in. I mean, yeah, I think the first part of the season, Kamara was just constantly the only guy. That so. was him. He was the guy. Um, I, that, you're um, quick to just. I am. Jump I'm, I'm quick on the draw. Game. I'm quick on the draw. Um, here. On the Ravens side, what I'm excited for here. Boom. Um, Joe Flacco goes twenty like dick. 39, 279 yards, two touchdowns. He actually out-dueled Brees there. He Four did. yards and same touchdown. Technically, he did. Um, Lamar Jackson goes one for one on five yards, so he actually completed a pass. I'm stunned. Wow. Um, so maybe this is a – maybe I should get all the rest of the fans that want Lamar Jackson to come in. Yes. No. <laughs> God. Awful. Um, at, at rushing, uh, it, it, was, it was a rough day. Uh, eight different players had rushing yards for the Ravens. Really? Yeah, eight Cheers. different players. One's the quarterback and Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson had a couple. But if you take away Lamar and Joe, six different players had rushing yards. Jesus. It, it, was, it was a rough day. Alex Collins is starting to show he's not the guy. Unfortunately, I mean, I kind of, I could have I could have told you this. I, wasn't, well, yeah. I was never big in Alex Collins. We, we knew Alex Collins wasn't the guy. It, it was kind of like uh, the Justin Forsett year when he blew up the world. Yeah. And the next year, um, he was a nobody again. But uh, Alex Collins led the team in rushing, 11 carries, 38 yards. Wow. Um, Willie Sneed had a, had a carry for 13 yards. Lamar Jackson had three carries, nine yards, and a touchdown. Chris Moore had a carry for nine yards. Joe Flacco ran the ball for four yards. Javaris Allen ran the ball three times. Max Williams ran the ball once. And Gus Edwards ran the ball twice. It's just a little obnoxious <laughs> at this point. I know. Yeah. And I would normally, I would never really go through all the rushing, but I just wanted, it's, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe we should, we should trade for McCoy. Sure. <laughs> through the, through the air, uh, John Brown, seven receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. Big game John showing up again. Michael Crabtree uh, goes, has five receptions, 66 yards, no drops. 
It's worth noting to be getting this year, but it's a big one. But ever since ever since he uh, started getting extra reps in, extra practice, he's been looking better. So maybe, maybe Michael Thomas is coming around. About time. Maybe. We'll see. Not confident yet, but uh, and Willie Sneed, three receptions, twenty-three yards, all on third down. Wow. What do you got? Uh, the Washington Redskins go up on the Dallas Cowboys 20-17. to uh, Great defense by the Redskins, holding Ezekiel Elliott to 15 carries for 33 yards. Uh, Dak Prescott went 22 for 35, 273, and a touchdown. He also had a touchdown on the ground, rushing for six carries for 33 yards. Uh, Michael Gallup led the team in receiving three receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Alan Hearns got some time, too, five receptions for 74 yards. And Cole Beasley, seven receptions for 56 yards. The Redskins, Alex Smith, 14 for 25, 178 and a touchdown. Adrian Peterson, 24 carries for 99 yards on the day. Uh, Capri Bibbs led the team in receiving four receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Reed, two receptions for 43 yards. And Josh Doxson, three receptions for 42 yards on the day. Tyler, what you got for me? The Rams and the Niners. The Rams are still undefeated as they beat the Niners 39 to 10. Ouch. San Fran drops to one and six, and as, as I said, the Rams are still undefeated at still, seven and oh. Still rolling. Jared Goff goes 18 for 24, 202 yards and two touchdowns. Malcolm Brown led the team at rushing, believe it or not, with 13 carries, 65 yards. But it was Todd Gurley with 15 carries and 63 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Yes. But through the air, Todd Gurley also had four receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. So he had three touchdowns on the day. It seems to be a growing theme with Todd, doesn't it? Like, three touchdowns? Like, oh, he, yeah. had, he had an average day. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, that's, it's that's a, like a normal day for Mr. Gurley there. Brandon Cooks, four receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. And Robert Woods actually led the team with five receptions, 78 yards. Uh, I'm going to mention defensively uh, the um, the... Rams actually uh, forced a fumble on Bethard and uh, picked it up and got in the end zone. So they had defensive touchdowns on it yeah, as well. And, and it's worth noting, um, also interesting stat, Aaron Donald, four sacks on the day. Yeah, oh, four sacks. Um, huge, huge game for him um, at, in what has otherwise been a pretty quiet year. Four sacks on the day. Well, they're, they're, actually, talk, they're actually talking that, that he deserves to be in the MVP talk. He's, he's actually been playing a pretty good year. Yes, he hasn't got the sacks, but he's been disruptive. Yeah, the, the numbers haven't shown it. Yeah, and, so. and sometimes and we were talking about this at lunch too. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes like no. you got to look at how many guys you're pulling off. Yeah, how many rushing? Like, uh, yeah, how, how many guys are stopping? How sometimes many the best defense runs? is just being a space heater. Yep, that's it. And on the Niners side, CJ Bethard goes 15 for 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Ra- Raheem Mostert, Mostert, Raheem Mostert. That's what we're going it's a, with. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Yeah. Goes uh, seven carries, 59 yards. Love the team in rushing. Matt Barrett only had five carries with 15 yards as he uh, kind of re-aggravated injury. Certainly showed he has, a, he has a consistent injury bug mm-hmm. going. And Alfred Morris, shockingly, because I've always been a Morris fan, nine carries, 25 yards, showing that he's not really the guy there. No, not at all. Um, and through the air, we've heard this name a bunch. George Kittle. Yeah. Five receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. I love having him in fantasy. Yeah, he's, he's, I love he's having him in fantasy. It's great. Marquise Goodwin, um, quiet this game. He's had, he had a pretty good year so far, but this game only has two receptions, 24 yards. And Kyle Juszczyk, former Raven, two receptions, 18 yards. What do you got? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs shellack 
the Cincinnati Bengals 45-10. Andy Dalton for the Bengals, 15 for 29, 148, one touchdown, one pick. Jeff Driscoll actually got in the game four, uh, for four for 39 yards. Joe Mixon, 13 carries for 50 yards rushing. Mark Walton also saw some time, four carries for 10 yards. Um, A.J. Green, seven receptions, 117 yards through the air. Cody Core had three for 30. Uh, C.J. Uzoma, two receptions, 13 yards, and in a touchdown in that game, the lone touchdown for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes goes ham again, 28 for 39, 358, four touchdowns and a pick. Kareem Hunt, 15 carries, 86 yards, gets in the end zone. Spencer Ware also got some time, eight carries for 59 yards. There's a name we haven't heard for a minute. And Patrick Mahomes had four carries himself for 45 yards. Travis Kelsey, receiving-wise, led the team five receptions, 95 yards. Sammy Watkins, four for 74. Tyreek Hill, big play Tyreek there. Seven receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And Kareem Hunt through the air, got in the end zone twice. Five receptions for 55 yards along with it. Tyler, what you got for me? The New York Giants and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons go up 23-20, starting their comeback tour as the best 3-4 and four team out there right now. <laughs> um, the Falcons always put up points. It was actually a low route, low game for them, but they are now 3-4, and four, and the Giants drop to 1-6, and six, as we'll talk more about later. Mm -hmm. um, on the Giants' side, Eli goes 27-38, 399 yards and a touchdown. Um, on the ground, Saquon Barkley, 14 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Through the air, Sterling Shepard, five receptions, 167 yards. Big, big game there for him. Monster game. And Odell <clears throat> Beckham also had eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. You would think this team won. This is the second time that those two have had a monster game in a row. And you and, and they're not winning games. We were, we were talking about the two of them doing the same damn thing last week. Yeah. And that's it's wild that they're not winning games. Um, I'm just... Uh, I am so confused by that, the whole thing. I, it, it, it's, it's crazy. They're, they're, the, the offense isn't doing that bad. No. And But before... So that's our scores for the day. We'll start right, with that. We get to the Falcons. Oh, Falcon. well, you're Falcons. I am. I'm jumping the gun here, because we're getting off track, so I can't remember whether or not you did the other Matt Ryan had himself a good game. Um, he went 31 for 39, 379 yards, and a touchdown. I just would have liked to see more touchdowns through the air there. Right. Tevin Coleman, 11 carries, 50 yards in uh, Freeman's absence. And Edo Smith, the guy I thought would uh, pass Tevin Coleman up, had himself a rough game, 7 carries and 16 yards. Julio Jones continued to show why he is one of the best in this league. Nine receptions, 104 yards. But Marvin Hall got the solo touchdown, three receptions, 63 yards with that touchdown. All right. Now, now we can go. Now that is our scores around the NFL. Um, man, wild week, big scoring, lots of confusing things. Um, you know, uh, I got to tell you, I am. Um, so we we just got done talking about the Giants and the Falcons, um, and I got I got to tell you, Tyler, I'm I'm confused. But I'm not. So, so we're seeing a fire sale in New York right now. After after they they've now become what one and six on the season. So we know that the chances of them making the playoffs are slim and none. And slim is walking out the door. Uh, they basically got to win probably nine in a row 
to, uh, yeah. to to make their way into the playoffs. So so there's become a fire sale in New York um, with the trade le- deadline looming here. Um, first and foremost, I'll, I'll start with the lesser trade here. Eli Apple goes from the Giants to the Saints. Um, they the Giants trade him away for uh, I believe it was a third and a seventh rounder. Um, got a decent return on him. I mean, you get two draft picks out of the deal. Uh, but realistically, um, not what you wanted to see out of a former first rounder, you know. Absolutely not. And uh, Eli Apple, I mean, this could be good for Eli Apple. Ultimately, he goes to the Saints. He gets, um, you know, he gets some uh, uh, some love over there. He, he's, uh, a he's, defense that could desperately use some use some help. Yeah, well, and I don't even know if it's desperately. I mean, you got Marshawn Lattimore in that secondary is doing well. Um, you you still have. Uh, Crawley over there, who's all right, and and you you take Eli. To me, if you're going to take an Eli Apple, you're going to stick him in the slot, and he's going to be your slot corner. I mean, if that's that's how yeah, I'm that, that that's definitely where he's going to end up going. I think you're I think you're right on that. Yeah, and and he'll be your slot corner, and and that's all well and good. I think Eli Apple is an uh, like he's a first, he's a day one starter. I think for sure he's a day one starter. Um, he's a hell of a corner, and and then if you're if you're feeling really nutsy, you can probably move him back to safety, and and he's going to be you know an acceptable safety for you. Now, for the Giants, if you're the New York Giants and you just traded away Eli Apple, your your secondary is already suffering. Okay, you've got Janoris Jenkins. I mean, right now, let's face it. You know, the the between the Arizona Cardinals, the Oakland Raiders, and the New York Giants, they're they're basically and the Niners. And and he, I mean, I could say the Niners, but I feel like the Niners are going to win a little more than those guys. But they're all basically standing around. Uh, uh, basically having a Rochambeau contest for for who's going to wind up being the the shittiest team in the NFL. I mean, am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, who's who's going to be the butthole of the NFL at this point? And and realistically, it's more like and it's kind of funny to see they're all having these fire sales go on and they're they're trading away crappy players or or actually great players for for nothing. They're trying to make cap space. I mean, everybody tries to avoid that that deadly word rebuild. Everybody gets freaked out when they hear the word rebuild. Um, me not so much. I, I think it's it, it's a good thing in a certain aspects. It happens to everyone. Yep, it happens eventually. Um, and and they're finally in rebuild mode in New York, and and uh, you know players are starting to go out the door. Eli Apple was was the st- the first one to head out the door. Um, and and, and Janoris Jenkins may not, may not be far behind. Yeah, they're they're saying they're, there's teams sniffing around for Janoris here. Um, Janoris Jenkins, he has interest from New England, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota. And Minnesota is, I could see New England, I could see Philly and Pittsburgh first. Minnesota is, is you know, kind of considering it. Janoris is due a lot of money this year. Um, Minnesota, say if Minnesota does go for him, it's because they, they just had the injury to Mike Hughes. Xavier Rose has the rolled ankle. So they do need some help at corner. And it could create a win-now situation for the Vikings. Um, that they've been looking for, which is good. Um, but ultimately, Janoris Jenkins, we're, we're seeing teams sniff around there. I mean, the, the Giants are finally kind of getting it, I guess, that they, they can't hold on forever. And and now you're, you're going to see them enter the draft. That, you know, But the thing is, is, I wish that they, at least for their sake anyway, they, I bet you they're wishing they would have gotten a few more first rounders so they could really start rounding out their roster and start really rebuilding this team, uh, the way that the Oakland Raiders are at this point. They, I mean, they. I don't even know the Raiders are really doing it well. Well, the Oakland Raiders have three first rounders already. Already, we're going to start. Well, I'm just going to say already because the Oakland Raiders, I don't think, are done yet. 
Um, speaking of um, guys going out the door from, from New York, um, another guy went out the door today, uh, Damon Snacks Harrison. Snacks. 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 Uh, so Snacks Harrison goes out the door. Um, you know, this this one was exciting for the Lions fans out there. Uh, he goes to Detroit. Um, this is great. Number one, I'm going to start with the Lions side of things. This is great for the Lions because, number one, they got the guy for nothing. Nothing. They, they traded a fifth rounder away. They got a steal. Yeah, you got the guy for chump change. And, and, you know, this is – people have been comparing this. Oh, this is this is that New England-style defense. This is the, you know what I'm going to call it? I'm not going to call it the New England-style defense because it's not a New England-style defense. Because New England's defense sucks. Well, well – You don't want to base on a New, New England-style defense because well, they, they, they've never had a good defense. The reason we're saying New England-style defense, and, and I get why people are saying that, here's my problem with that. They're building it like a New England-style defense. Matt Patricia is much smarter than that. Matt Patricia, and, and you know, you can't say that the New England defense has sucked forever because the, the New England defense, honestly, we, and we, we had a discussion about this a couple months ago, for, for a good probably 10-year span there, they, were, they had about seven of them sitting in top 10. So I can't really say that, that they have a bad defense or a bad, they've had a def, bad defensive coordinator. Here's my thing, though. Here's the problem I have with what people saying, oh, there's going to be that New England defense. It's not a New England defense. They're building that defense the same exact way of the Minnesota Vikings last year, period, end. They went out, they got a big, giant, massive, run-eating, space-eating defensive tackle. I mean, that guy's a monster. He's 355 pounds. He's humongous. And so they're going to get Snacks Harrison, and he's and, and the Lions basically just, by that one signing, with no defensive tackle, they took their, def- their run defense from the worst to acceptable. They just made their their run defense the worst run defense in the league to an average run defense. I'd agree with that. With that one move. That guy is a beast. He led the team in run stuffing for the last two years. Now he's number two in the league right now. So for the last three years, he's been one of the best defensive tackles in the league. This was a brilliant move. The Giants crap the bet on this one. They get nothing for him. They get a fifth rounder. So they don't get squat. They're just trying to save cap space at this point because the guy had a big contract. And if I'm the Lions... I'm jumping for joy right now. I get this guy for the next year and a half. I get him for this year, all of next year. And then if I want to re-sign him, I, or, well, I have a fifth-year option on the guy after that. So his fifth year of this deal. So I get this guy basically for two and a half years. And then on top of it all, if I want to re-sign him, I, I get first dibs. Absolutely. And I think, I think you do re-sign him in the long run as long as he continues to play at a high level. Right. I mean, barring a setback, I mean, you <sighs> – I mean, and, and the, the reason I, the, the biggest comparison I can make about this guy is he compares exactly to Linval Joseph, yet another guy that New York should have held on to. Linval Joseph, another big space-eating, run-stopping type of guy. Vikings traded for him, picked him up for two years, re-signed him for another five. Vikings got a monster deal out of him, and he's one of their team captains, and he's been one of the best defensive tackles in the league. You're looking at the Detroit Lions building their team around uh, uh, they're they're creating a good run stop. They're they're building around this defense though. So now, really, they and they have one of the they have the best secondary in the league right now. They got the best pass defense in the league. I mean, so are you are you sitting here? And does do you start discussing the Detroit Lions having nine, ten, eleven wins at this point? 
I don't know if I don't know about eleven. I I, I think their defense is going to start keeping them in games, and they're going to start. You're going to start to see more W's come up. I, I definitely think that snacks is going to help with that. Yeah, you're you're seeing a run. You're seeing running offense. You're seeing Matt Stafford throw the football. I mean, you're you're seeing the receivers are getting open. I mean, for the first time in in twenty years, the Detroit Lions have a running game. Yeah, Kerryon Johnson uh, did did his did his duty. I mean, who who would have expected that? And now they've got a defense, and and their run defense was so bad. Now they've got this big space eating guy. I mean, if you don't block him, if you don't double team him, he's in your backfield. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is this is a huge coup for them. It sets up a lot of a lot of uh, pass rushing. Uh, it, it causes problems up front. Teams, and and if you look at it down the stretch, the teams that they're going to be taking on, the Lions are going to be taking on Chicago. Uh, which it, it, that it, he's almost essential for for stopping that run. They're going to be taking on New Orleans. He's essential for stopping that run. I mean, the Detroit Lions. This is and and everybody's been saying it, and I'm going to reiterate it. This is the best move the Detroit Lions have made since Quinn came into that organization as the general manager. This is the best move they could have made. I mean, no, that, no, this is a. I agree with you 100. This is a this is a huge move for the for the Lions and. And helping to get that team where it needs to go. Yeah, and and for the Giants, I mean, okay, they, they free up some cap space. The interesting thing about the, the cap space situation, first we're going to start talking about Eli Manning. Because Eli Manning, he, you know, people have been, been calling for his head. Okay, now... But he's not going anywhere unless he wants to. Right, and he has a no-trade clause, uh, and that's going to be kind of a, a tough one there. But when it comes to Eli Manning, everybody seems to be linking the Oakland Raiders to the New York Giants when it comes to trading Derek Carr to New York. I I, the, the, I can see it, but yeah. at the same time, unless you can get out of Eli Manning's contract, it's not going to happen. Right. And the, the thing that goes with that, that no trade clause is uh, you can trade Eli Manning, but Eli has to agree to the trade. Right. And, and – uh, the, the the good news for the Oakland Raiders is that Derek Carr is not easy to get rid of. Seven point five million dollar cap hit, so he's not real tough to to say see you later. You know, it, it's not going to kill him. You know, as far as the salary cap goes, seven point five. And the good news is, when if let's say they do trade him to New York, the good news for New York is they get to hang on to him for the next four years. He just signed a five year deal. Yep. So he's got a brand new deal. Derek Carr, let's say he goes over there and, and goes to um, uh, New York, you could very well see Eli Manning get the boot here. I mean, he could be you could be saying goodbye to Eli Manning. He could either be retiring, he could sign somewhere else. I mean, you don't know. But Eli is, even though there's a no-trade clause there, I have a feeling that money talks and BS walks, and if they send him somewhere else where he can win a big one or where he can burn them, I mean... You could be seeing Eli Manning somewhere else. Jaguar? Yeah, the Jaguars could use him. I mean, it's out there. It's out there. And and imagine if the Raiders did manage to get rid of Derek Carr. Um, they would have a fourth. Because if they dump Derek Carr, you're getting a first round for the guy. Absolutely. So that you dump Derek Carr. They're already at three. Yeah, they're at three. Now, you at that point, they'd be looking at four. One of those picks, however came from yesterday where they traded was it yesterday they traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys it was Monday 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 excuse me so they they trade Amari Cooper to the Cowboys to get a first rounder now they've got 3 
Um, there's a fire sale in Oakland going on on top of the New York Giants. I just feel like the Oakland Raiders are being more successful in who they're getting rid of and what they're getting in return. I mean, you, you dumped uh, uh, Amari Cooper, you get a first-rounder. You, you dumped Khalil Mack, you got, I think they got three first-rounders. They got one for this year, two for next year, I, I think it was. One for this year, one for next year. Yeah, so they, they, they get first-rounders for him. Yeah, but I see. I, I'm a, I disagree. Both trades still. Well, I mean, they got compensated well. But I'm sorry. Um, do you take two first rounders? You take a guy that you know is going to be future Hall of Famer. I I take Khalil Mack on, on this occasion. Well, and here's Maybe my we talk about that. Here's my thing about about John Gruden, and I, I'm with you. I think John Gruden's a nutcase. I, I think he's out of his mind. You're you're basically you know just throwing away your best players. I mean. That they're they're fighting each. I mean, they're seeing who can be you know the worst player in the league. I mean, if if these two took each other on, like if the Raiders and the Giants took each other on at this point, I'm convinced that there wouldn't be any football going on. They would just be standing there kicking himself in the nuts. That's basically. Well, there'd be a game. It, it would it would uh, it'd go to a tie. <laughs> um, <laughs> after seventy minutes of football, zero to zero. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. yep, exactly. They're just trying to prove <laughs> who's the worst team. I mean, they would be throwing interceptions directly to each other. I mean, it would just be a mess. The The big thing is is that, you know, that, I mean, these guys are, are basically fighting for Middle Earth here, and, and we're, we're just watching the shit burn. I mean, it's just like, what is going on? Both teams are a dumpster fire, and, and now I get to, to enjoy, um, you know, the New York Giants, Oakland Raiders, and the Arizona Cardinals just, you know, Burning like on Jimmy or the or the Giants, Oakland Raiders, and the Arizona Cardinals. And I the Bills. To, yeah, the Bills kind of. Um, the, you know, I, I basically get to be like Jimi Hendrix watching his guitar burn. Um, so, and then along with these moves that the Oakland Raiders have made, now they stick safety Carl Joseph on the block. They're they're all pro safety there, um, and they stick him out there, former first rounder, and and say, oh, we're gonna. Stick him out there and see what we can get for him. So you're talking a potential of five first-rounders in this whole mess. And and it does it – so at this point, do you think that, that Gruden's crazy if he winds up with three to four first-rounders in this situation? Is the man nuts? I mean, it depends – it comes down to how – Highly, you view the 2019 draft class. I think right now the the 2019 draft class is looking pretty damn good. I mean, you've got arguably the the most prolific defensive end in college football coming out this year in, in yeah. Bosa. You you've got um, uh, Justin Herbert coming out there, one of the best quarterbacks to to grace the draft. And as far as him and Raiders, that really comes down to if they do, in fact, trade Derek Carr. Yeah, and if they do, you know, that's one thing. And then on top of it all, you've got, okay, you've got Drew Locke that's out there as well. Now, that that's out there, uh, in a, he's a surefire first-rounder. Now, let's talk, I mean, Derek Carr, we, we just had to talk about Derek Carr, about how he's having a... Um, uh, a breakdown with his his fellow teammates. There's, I guess, some some fractured feelings there. Uh, they're not buying into Derek Carr, and that's kind of a uh, makes for a tough situation. I get it. You know, I uh, if I get why they would trade him at this point because his team doesn't doesn't believe in him. 
they they don't believe in in uh, Derek Carr, and and understandably because Derek Carr has not performed since his contract happened. I mean, you you can't tell me that he's he's come and played well. He just hasn't. I mean, as much as we would love for him to to, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just like you. I'm a card carrying member of the Derek Carr fan club, but at the end of the day, has Derek Carr performed when his contract came up? The, no, no. The last this season, last season, it's been rough. It's been bad with with injuries and everything. I mean, he has that MVP season, and then after that, craps the bed. So, am I am I believe? Do I blame his teammates for not believing in him? Not really. I I can't do that. And then along with the Raiders stuff, on top of all of this hoopla going on, the fire sale in Oakland, um, they get fined twenty thousand uh, dollars. Kaleki Osemele doesn't get downgraded from questionable to out by the Raiders uh, in the last game, so the league goes and finds them twenty thousand um, dollars for, a, I, I guess, a rules violation or a, a players' association violation. Yeah, I I mean I I kind of understand where the league's at. I, I get that they, at the same time, it seemed more sort of like cash grab. I mean to be honest, it seemed like they were just grasping at straws there to try and and uh, uh, get money from from the Raiders. Um, so I don't know. I I think this is just a stupid lapse on the part of John Gruden and his medical staff. But maybe maybe that's just neither here nor there. So at this point. If you're a Raiders fan, Tyler, is John Gruden crazy, or is John Gruden doing the same stuff that John Gruden did with the Buccaneers and rebuilding this team as a Super Bowl team? No, well, John Gruden's out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> Always has been. Well, yeah. Um, but I mean, he was also called crazy when he's like, "Up, oh, Brad Johnson's my starting quarterback." Now here's a guy. And what happened? Yeah, they go to the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen this year. but uh, No, and it's not going to – I don't expect it to happen this year. But I think he felt out his team. He understands what he's looking at. And and now he's coming out there and just saying, all right, this is how I'm going to build this team. He's learning what guys – and you had a lot of veteran guys out there too. You know, Derek Carr is a veteran at this point. You yeah. got uh, uh, Khalil Mack was a veteran. You've got a lot of veteran players there that are great players, but you have a lot of veteran players there that, you know – they, they march to the beat of their own drum, and he likes to to weed them out. That's one thing we learned, is that John Gruden likes to weed out players from his football team. Right? No, you're, so, you're, that, that's very true. He, he weeds out veteran players because they, they're set in their ways, and he just goes, well, you know, if you don't want to be here and you don't want to play by my rules, well, goodbye, have a nice day. So that's what John Gruden's doing. Um, and, and Oakland is going to tank this year. If they do trade away, and here's an interesting fact, if they do trade away um, Derek Carr for a first-round pick to the Giants, they will have a third and fourth overall pick. Currently. Currently. I mean, uh, the Giants aren't going to get any better. I mean, regardless of whether or not you bring in Derek Carr. I mean, you really think they're going to get better? They have no offensive line. You got no defense. They're talking about trading away Janoris Jenkins. Well, it, de- it depends what the other pick does. Do they get better? Do they stay the same? What happens? Right. And But to back up the Raiders, what happened when the Browns had the first and the fourth? All of a sudden, they're a football team again. Right. So, I mean, it, the Raiders, <clears throat> to me, if I'm the Raiders, they're gonna, if, they, if they do trade Derek Carr, they're going after Justin Herbert. 
because there's not a team out there. The only team that's in front of them at that number four pick that's going to wind up taking Justin Herbert is the New York Giants. Cardinals don't need him. And, if they're tr- and the Giants are trading for Carr. They're not taking a quarterback. Right. They're not taking a quarterback. They're just going to have Derek Carr for the next four years. Yeah, absolutely. So, so at this point, Justin Herbert, you know, if, if they do trade Derek Carr, they're going to get a, a big big pick out of that. I I kind of like what Gruden's doing. At the same time, you basically got to tear up this year and call it a loss and hope for the best next year. He's he's basically putting his job on the line in his first year here. But you're you're trusting a, a rookie quarterback to, to be the next guy when I think Derek Carr is obviously the next guy. I I, I don't I don't agree with all this. I, I think Derek Carr is the next guy, but you know, obviously John Gruden doesn't believe in him, and and I don't. Un- John Gruden just, like I said, the guy marches to the beat of his own drum. And, and, and I'm going to back you up. Um, John Gruden's not risking anything. No. His kind is guaranteed. Yeah. Fire, he's, he's, he's getting paid three years no matter what. That's a good he point. He not give a shit. His, his entire contract is guaranteed, so he doesn't really give a shit. He's going to blow this team up. Yeah, if, so. if, they, if they fire him, he's still getting paid. Yeah. He'll blow the team up, but if he blows the team up then then he and he starts rebuilding it, they better be all in for the future. Um, this is this is typical John Gruden stuff. Well, however, if he does blow this team up and it goes really shitty, it'll be his last hoorah. No team's going to bring him no, in. Nobody will re-sign him. So uh, with that, Tyler, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, we're going to get a word from our sponsors, maybe a little music, um, and we will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host. Tyler Dean, and I'm here with Scotty Freytown. Woo, Daddy, right here on top. Yeah, baby. And you know it's the, it's that time. It, it is that time. I'm I'm excited. Are you excited? It's, it, it's always fun. It's I your mean, favorite segment. It is. I know it's your favorite. It is because it's, it's my own. I, I created it, and I said, Scott, we're doing this. I don't care what you have to say about it. And you're like, you know what? I like it. Yeah, I was cool with it. I, w- I was perfectly fine with it. So when when you told me that you wanted to do this segment, I was like, "Yay, that sounds fun!" So, um, Tyler, I I think it's that time for Tyler's top ten for Tyler Dean in week seven. Week seven, week seven. So we've been doing Tyler's top ten. Uh, really, we have we've been doing Tyler's top ten for seven. 16 weeks. Well, it might be 16. 16. We took one week off. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've been doing Tyler's Top 10 for 16 weeks now, which is, is always entertaining. It, but then it's been it's been seven weeks since we made the decision that we're going to we're gonna do a continuous Tyler's Top 10 of weekly performances. Yeah, well. Which has been fun. It's worked out really well, I felt like. Well, well, it has, 
because we're in the the regular season and now we're gonna we're gonna have to come up with some crazy stuff in the off season. That's the real challenge. Oh, don't worry, I got you. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? So, um, Tyler, top ten, baby. Let's let's hear it. I'm I'm stoked. Ben, it's been a good week, but I'm gonna throw a curveball in there. Ah. So last week we recorded on Monday. Uh huh. So the one thing that didn't happen was Monday Night Football. Oh yeah. yeah the yeah. Packers and the Niners. Okay. So I included that week to be quote unquote eligible for this week's top ten because they couldn't be in last week's. I could see that, but I I only want you to specify. What week it's from? Because yeah, I will. I okay, will. okay. Then that makes him eligible. I'm okay with that. Well, here, here we go. Um, any Packer or Niner player I mentioned mm. was from Monday night because neither team this week did anything of no. Neither of them did, did anything special. But, but because of which I felt I was um shitting too much on, I was adding too many games, so I had to. I did a, a, a honorable mention just to kind of mention some guys. Just because three guys got pushed out of the top ten because of Monday Night Football. Wow. Okay, that that's fair. I can I can do it. That's fair. Obviously, so, the Packers were on the bye this week, so they have to be from last week. Yeah, and Niners got um, clobbered by the by the Rams. So they didn't yeah, do anything. They, they got the old jobber clobber there. So um, honorable mention number five there: Adam Thielen, nine receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown. The lowest guy on your list. Yeah, the lowest guy. I'm sorry, but it, it, after everything that guy just, is doing, just wait to hear the rest. I mean, it, uh, Adam Thielen deserves to be uh, deserves to be in every listing. The, the dude's on seven straight hundred yard performances. He's the most. He's it's, right it's unheard now, of right now. Right now, Adam Thielen's the best receiver in the NFL. Right now, yes. <clears throat> and and with I, uh, Julio Jones creeping at his doorsteps. Well, I, I think Adam Thielen is the best receiver in the NFL in general right now because of how consistent he's being. I, I'm. As a, and, and that's not just even bias talking. That's that's me watching a guy go out there and put on seven hundred plus yard performances. He's got he just tied his his season record for for touchdowns on the year. Um, he, this is a career year for Adam Thielen. We thought last year was a career year. This year we're seeing a career year. He's almost broken a thousand already, and we're talking week seven. He's, he's, he's got a better quarterback. Yeah, he does. He has a better quarterback. And but I, I also see a lot better play coming out of Adam Thielen. He's just improving year over year over year over year. He he's become a more seasoned veteran. He's making I mean, there's certain things that Adam Thielen is doing that that is opening up the field for his football team. Um we, we got to see uh, quite a bit of that. Not only is he good on deep passes, but on these short and intermediate routes, you're you're seeing Adam Thielen roll over the center and do things like come back to his quarterback to to make a play, totally fakes out the the uh, the corner. And and he's doing these things and extending plays, extending drives. Gotta love Adam Thielen. Kudos to him on everything he's doing right now. But believe it or not, um, even though Adam Thielen's got a seven straight hundred yard performance going, mm-hmm. he's only got the most yards by ten yards. Right. Julio's right on his on on knocking on, on his doorstep right now. So Julio's having another great year. Um, Julio. We talked about during the offseason how he is leading. He, he has the longest active streak for most consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Yes. And he, he's obviously going to break that. He's not going to – unless, um, God forbid, an injury. Yeah. Julio gonna, is going to have another one of those. I mean, the last few seasons he's been like 1,200, 1,200, 1,400. Julio's been, been great. But if you want consistency, um, Thielen's your guy. Yeah, if you're, if you're talking consistency and, and Adam Thielen – 
Um, he, he ties the record this year or, or, uh, for this for basically seven straight um, games with 100 yards or more to open this the season. Um, I'm gonna have to actually look up the gentleman that uh, recent that used to hold the record. Uh, Thielen, you know, and, and it's great. He's so modest about the whole thing. He's not even looking for for uh, 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 you know the record at this point. He he doesn't really care. He's just you know he's just very focused on on winning football games and and playing his absolute very best. So so kudos to Adam Thielen on everything he's doing. And I'll find that name while you continue onward. Yep. Another honorable mention, uh, James White, ninety-seven yards from scrims with two touchdowns. I mean, just it just I'm putting him here as he's he's proven to he's he's through the air, on the ground. James James White is being a big piece of this New England offense. Yeah, he um he is a key cog to the the uh, uh, um he he's a key cog to the the New England Patriots right now. And and what I'm seeing uh. When I'm seeing a guy like James White catching out of the backfield, uh, it makes it it makes it for a much more exciting uh, football game. By the way, that name of Charlie Hennigan of the uh, Houston Oilers, he's the only other player to achieve a feat that Thielen has right now. But anyway, um, James White, great player, great runner. He doesn't get a whole lot of get a, a whole lot of love out of the backfield, but he gets a lot of passes uh, sent his way. He gets a lot of checkdowns. And he makes something of it. That's something that's very interesting about James White. Sees a lot of red zone looks. Gets into the end zone a lot. I like James White. I And you know what? I've got him on fantasy too. And the guy's been putting up consistently anywhere from 15 to 20 points a week. Um, just a great player all around. And a huge part of that New England uh, offense. So kudos to him. Number three, my honorable mentions. Trey Burton. Nine receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Burton's been having a great season. Yeah. Um, he's been... Proven to be that that new strong tight end for the Bears to use. The the Bears haven't haven't really seen a, a tight end like that for a while. Uh, they, it's it's been a hot minute. Uh, not since Martavius uh, Bennett. Martellus Bennett, yeah, it, yep. And and I, I this, Trey Burton, um, former Eagle. He he threw that that uh, touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, um, on the. Uh, was it the Philly special play? You know, I, I I like him a lot. He's got good hands. Um, Chicago really needed a, a nice big body tight end, and and he's getting the job done. He's been a huge piece for for uh, Trubisky to to you know really get get the ball out of his hands when the line's collapsing because we know Chicago has notoriously not had a very good O line. Absolutely. And so so you know. Burton's kind of given him that that safety valve. As much as we don't like to use that term, I mean, the realistic thing is he is a safety valve. So, uh, yeah, Trey Burton's getting it done there. And, and, you know, he hasn't had a monster year, but he's having a very, very good year. Number two in the honorable mentions, I I, I hate that I'm he's not in my top ten, but Todd Gurley. Oh, wow. Wow. Todd Gurley doesn't make the top ten. There, and there, here's the reason. 86 yards in scrimmage. Like, yeah, there's been a lot of good performances. Held in check. But three touchdowns. They still couldn't held in check completely because Todd Gurley still does, with, do, still does Todd Gurley things and gets in the Second dick. Like, I hate to exclude him, but, but, but at the same time, Gurley continues to show why he is the centerpiece of this offense. I hate Todd Gurley. 
I hate him. You hate him, but you love him. I hate him. I hate him, and I love him. I your brother makes me hate him. That's the thing. Your brother <laughs> makes me hate him. But uh, <clears throat> Todd Gurley, um, he had a hell of a, a hell of a weekend, and he's. You know, it's pretty sad when we're saying that three touchdowns. It's not sad. It's great, but it's it's ridiculous when we're saying three touchdowns for a guy is an average game for him. Um, he seems to be getting in the end zone over and over and over and over and over again, and it, it seems to be that like, there's nothing anybody can do about it. When he's in the red zone, he catches out of the backfield. He, I mean, he does it all. He's arguably the best weapon in the league outside of maybe an Alvin Kamara. Um, but Kamara's been slow. And Kamara's been slow with the return of Mark Ingram. Um, but really, he, he's one, He's the Todd Gurley right now, the most dangerous weapon in the league all around. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the best rusher in the league, the best pure rusher um, coming out of the backfield. But, but Todd Gurley leads the league in yards. I believe that as far as pure rushing goes, I, I believe it's still Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel Elliott, we got to remember, is missing a lot of pieces on that offensive line, whereas the, the Rams are not. Um, but like I said, I, I believe uh, best pure rusher is, is Zeke. I bet I think that the best all-around player at that position, Todd Gurley. And number one on, on my uh, honorables, another one you're probably going to be a little shocked that didn't make the 10, Deion Lewis. Wow. 155 yards from scrimmage. Big game. The reason he doesn't make the top 10, the no touchdown. Yeah, I, and I Even though I'm going to be eating my words in my top 10 because I have two guys on here who didn't get a touchdown as well. But but uh, I, I feel like Deion Lewis is worth mentioning. He had a great game through the air and on the ground. Deion Lewis had a great game. Yeah, and and he he kind of wakes up and he, six weeks he's been he's been napping. Uh, I mean he really hasn't been doing anything. If you looked at his stats, I mean even leading up to this week, uh, thirty four yards against the Bills, nine yards against the Ravens, and then he comes in against the Chargers, who actually have a pretty decent defense, puts up ninety one on the ground um, on thirteen attempts at that. He has a seven average. I mean, Deion Lewis. Huge game, um, gotta love it. I'm I'm okay with this this pick. I'm okay with him not breaking your top ten too. Uh, and you know, really, no touchdowns is kind of a big deal. I mean, I he's got a little bit of competition, but he hasn't had that much of competition uh, if you look at the numbers. So I can see why he's out of your top ten. Maybe that's just me though. And now the actual top ten. Alrighty, number ten, Marlon Mack. 19 carries, 126 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Big coming out party for him, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, this this is the type of performance that they were expecting from him all season. It's finally come to fruition. Yeah, he blew up at the end of last year. You didn't really see much out of him. Um, <clears throat> this year, you know, he, he had a, a pretty rough game against the uh, the Redskins. He, he, he's really been underperforming. He's had some a little bit of an injury bug, and, and now he comes out against – First against the Jets, puts up 12 carries, 89 yards. And then he comes out against the Bills this past week, 19 carries, 126 and a touchdown. He had two receptions as well. He's really showing um, now that he's he's back and ready to roll. <clears throat> he's showing he's the guy there. And, and you know, I, I'd i be surprised if he broke 1,000. But at the same time, I don't think, you know, I, I, the only reason I'd, I'd be surprised is the amount of games into the season we are. Yeah, we're almost halfway through. He's not at three hundred yet. Yeah, he's at he's at two forty nine. So I mean, I would I'd like to see him break a thousand. Heck yeah, I would love to see him just blow up and break a thousand yards. So I mean, maybe that's just me. But right now he shows like he's starting to trend upward, and he's starting to show he's on the right pace. So so um, big game against a very good Bills defense, really. So uh, 
here's hoping that Marlon Mack shows up and, and starts really pounding it out here and, and getting into the end zone. Number nine, John Brown. Huge game. John, we're talking about nicknames. John Smokey Brown. Smokey Brown. Seven reception, 134 yards, and a touchdown. John Brown helped light up the Saints defense and kept them going. That's the wrong John Brown. You're looking up there. Yeah, hey, you need to calm down. I'm so glad I'm on this side of the computer now. I can see all your little mistakes. See things I do. (laughs) Um, But John Brown had a great game, his best game of the season so far, and continue to show why he's uh, Joe Flacco's new number one target there. So halfway through the season, he has 558. That's that's a good it's number a, for a supposed number two. Yeah, he was supposed to be the number two guy. He's turned into the number one guy. Um, we know Joe Flacco has a big arm. He can fire it downfield. John Brown's a speedy vertical receiver. Um, he's showing that. He has 558 so far. He's got four touchdowns on the year. Um, he's been the favorite target for, for uh, Joey there. And, and you know, he, he had a little bit of a, a small touchdown drought uh, for the last two weeks. And then he, he really came out... Um, really came out uh, this past week against the Saints. And he's having a good year. I mean, if you look at his yardage totals, I mean, 44, 92, 86, 116, 58. He, he's, he's, on, he, he's, he's above pace for his record year. Yeah, and he's he's going to break 1,000. His top year was 1,003. He's going to break his record, I believe, if he continues going the route he's going. Um, he's showing that he's a great vertical threat. He's a speedster. Guy's got great speed. He's only 28 years old. Um, and this prove-it deal is going to be extended. You're going to see John Brown. He's going to get extended for the next five years, I think. And you're going to see John Brown sticking around with the Baltimore Ravens and starting to create a legacy. Oh, I sure hope so. The only dangerous part is they also got to get Mosley signed as well. And their set cap is Cap is tight. Cap is tight. You're going to see guys like Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree possibly becoming uh, cap cap. Crabtree for sure. I think they might keep Sneed around. And, and if they can, great. I mean, Willie Sneed is, is a good number two. He's proven that. But, so. but John Brown's obviously the, the priority as far as the offense. Right. John Brown is, is a key cog you, to this You sign Mosley, you sign Brown. Those are the two moves you target on. Right. Number number eight. Um, so we didn't have a quarterback in the top ten, if you recall, last week. Yeah, we did This time. But we're, we're back. Um, Aaron Rodgers from Monday Night Football, because you uh, asked me to tell you. Uh, yep. Um, 25 for 46, 425 yards and two touchdowns. Big game. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a big reason why they um, won this game that was much closer than it needed to be. Yeah, uh, defense didn't play up to par. Rodgers comes up with a 100.4 rating, two touchdowns, no picks, 425. Uh, completion percentage was a little rough, 54%. But so I'm, in, which is what makes me okay with the placement here that he's a little lower on the top ten. But that 425 and two touchdowns, that's where it was at for him. He, and, he and, saved. Yeah, because we talked about this at lunch. And 425 is a big game when it comes to yards. And so it's it's the even, second even, game. He's even had. with the uh, the uh, per, uh, percentage completion, um, north of 400 is just huge. Yeah, this is the second 400 yard game in a row he's had. He had one against the Lions, 442. Now he's got 425 this game. Two straight weeks of 100-plus rating as well. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's tearing it up. He's the only thing the Packers have, um, and and he's doing his job, and, and the rest of the Packers organization has to do their job at this point. Number seven, Sterling Shepard. Big game for him. Five receptions, 167 yards, but the reason he's this low is the no touchdown. Yep. He gets that touchdown. We're talking about him in top five easy. I think a big one big thing about uh, uh, Sterling Shepard is the rack yards. He had five receptions on the day for 167, so it was only five receptions that he put it up on, and and the rest of it he did with his legs. 
Um, he's a young guy. He's only 24 years old. Right now, he already has 508 yards on the season. And I, right now, I also think we're talking about him and, and Odell Beckham possibly being one of the, the scariest uh, wide receiver duos out there. They're just explosive. They're fast. Uh, great hands. Um, Sterling Shepard's been putting up good number, really good numbers. I mean, above average numbers for a number two receiver. Uh, Texans seeing 80 yards. Saints are seeing 77. Panthers are seeing 75. And then the Falcons, his biggest game, he takes on uh, 167. He's got two touchdowns on the year. I like Sterling Shepard. I've liked him for a while, and I'm, I'm glad to see him finally uh, living up to his potential. He's not sitting behind anybody either, which I think is a big factor as well. Absolutely. And there's a lot of good duos as far as one-two receiver duos in the league. I mean, you're talking your Vikings and the Steelers and Houston and Rams. There's, there's a lot of them. Number two receivers are starting to, to become a much bigger factor in the game with this becoming a passing league now, too. You're seeing a lot more of it. And But with the fact that you have an undefeated team right now, you got to talk about, and honestly, there's no touching the Rams in the best trio. Right. Woods, Cup, and, and Cooks, I'm sorry. That's the best trio. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. anybody can handle them right now. But it's starting to prove that make sure you have a good number three because you can be dangerous with three good receivers. Yes. And, and, but, the, you know, the last time I really saw a wide receiver duo this good um, other than the, like like with all the wide receiver duos that are around now, I mean the one that kind of comes to mind as far as a number one and number two because frankly over in Oakland when they had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, I couldn't call them a one and two. I mean it was like one and one. Yeah, uh, but but it's kind of as far as modern. I think you're talking that um, you have a lot of good trios right now. Or, or, I'm sorry, duos right now. But um, you're, you're, a lot of these duos. The last time you look at a really strong duo, you're talking. Um, Peyton Manning's first and second year in Denver when he when uh, um um Demarius in, when he was still twenty five and yeah. uh, Emmanuel Sanders when he first got there yeah and you're also I think talking I mean even further back I mean, you're you're talking Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden I think they were really but Anquan was never he's never a thousand yard receiver like the way that Denver had yeah had, he, uh, he was never a number one but I mean when you're seeing a, a number two receiver putting up a good eight nine hundred yards. Like Anquan Bolden was, he was putting up 800 yards while he was over there. I think that's something to behold there. I, I think that makes for a pretty exciting receiver, and I, I think it shows how how important a, a good having a really good number two receiver in your organization is. And uh, Sterling Shepard's proving to be that and, guy. And, and speaking of which, uh, and yeah, you're talking about Diggs and Thielen, but right another combo you're thinking you, you you have to consider is. Antonio Brown's still a juggernaut of a receiver. He is. And Juju Smith-Schuster. Having a monster. Showing game. to be a great number two, potentially the future number one there, depending he, on what happens with Brown. He's definitely going to be the future um, number one. Juju is, is amazing. I, I hate him because he's <laughs> a stealer, but the, the, the kid's great. He's amazing. Going to number six, also from Monday Night Football last week. Wow. Marquise Goodwin. He had four receptions, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Another guy putting up yardage with his legs. I think that's a, a, a big thing about Marquise Goodwin. Um, if you look at it, four receptions, 126, two touchdowns. A lot of rack yards there. C.J. Bethard's going to have to rely on him to be his playmaker other than maybe George Kittle. Um, Goodwin, he's 27 years old, a lot of tread on the tires. Uh, he only has 204 yards this year, which which isn't you know a whole lot. But Goodwin can be a number one. He he's shown he has the ability to be a number one. He's just got to understand the game a little more. Uh, right now he's got three touchdowns on the year. Uh, 
I mean, some lackluster performances uh, leading up to this one, which which obviously was just a, a beast of a performance. I mean, he, he hasn't done a whole lot this season. He didn't have a single catch against the Vikings, but then he had 30 yards in, with the Chiefs. He had 24 against the Chargers and 24 against the Rams. So this is his biggest. I believe Marquise Goodwin can be a number one. He's got the speed. He showed he was he was kind of the number one guy, uh, especially in the last eight weeks of the season in 2017 uh, when, when Garoppolo got there, 56 receptions, 962 yards. Uh, he had paid her twice. He's not going to be a red zone threat, but he's got the speed to be a vertical guy if they can utilize him correctly. Marquise Goodwin is you know, potentially uh, one of the top vertical threats in the, in the game if they start utilizing him the way he should be. Absolutely. We're talking about like him and like John Brown being like potential ones, but um, in all honesty, like use the term number one, number two. Your number two guy is typically your vertical guy. Yep. Um, and your one's typically your chain mover and whatnot. Um, so I, I think Goodwin has the potential of being a, a, a great vertical threat, but they, they need to give him support and giving him a chain mover type of guy. But we've seen it before, you know, the, the vertical guys. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, for example, I remember in Philadelphia for a long time, Donovan McNabb used to hit him deep. A lot, and he was the number one there. And Deshaun Jackson, he he wasn't a chain mover. He wasn't a guy that was coming over the middle. He wasn't. A, he was just run as fast as you can because that man was a speedster. He, he still a is defense spreader. Yep, and and that's all he did, and it it, it worked out really well in Philadelphia. So I, I mean, I'm not quite sure, but ultimately, um, you know, Marquise Goodwin, big game. I, I agree with this one. He he had a huge one. Lots of rack yards there for him. All right, it's not very often I put somebody in my top five that didn't get a touchdown. I'm, I'm giving credit where credit's due this week. Wow. Carry on Johnson. Yeah, carry on Johnson. 179 yards from scrimmage. Didn't get the touchdown, but just a huge game, and he's proving to be just a big part of this offense. The biggest thing for me here is 158 of it came on the ground. Yes. that That's the biggest thing. You, you can say from scrimmage all day long. But when you put up 158 yards on the ground and you have such a big rushing game and such an impact on a game, I mean, the Detroit Lions look like contenders right now. And, they, and I'm not going to sit there and say they look like Super Bowl contenders, but they look like contenders to top the NFC North, possibly even make the playoffs this year. All of a sudden, this is out of nowhere. And because this one guy, this one catalyst is coming out here like the ghost of Barry Sanders, uh, just running all over the place. I haven't seen anything like this in Detroit in a long time. And and I, I'm going to make a point of this. I'm, I'm going to go to two guys I've already talked about. Um, you, you, talk, you, you mentioned the 100, 158 in the ground. Yep. Getting yards on the ground is so much harder than it is to get them through the air. Right. Um, sure, you, a, a good offensive line can help you do that. But there's a reason why. So Marlon Mack was my number 10 with 19 carries, 126 in the ground. And Trey Burton had 126 yards. Through the air, but he was my honorable mention. Like, mm -hmm. if you get on the ground, it, it, it's harder to come by. It, it, it's right. just what it is. It is, and, and it, I'm glad you pointed that out with Kerryon Johnson. Um, ninety percent of that came on the ground, and he was just ground and pound. He he is the catalyst that I think the Lions needed, and and I think that that makes him just scary, scary, scary all the time. Uh, he's he's going to be the bane of my existence for the next several years. I already know it. Um, and I, I hope that, you know, you, you don't wish injury on players, but when you're a big Vikings fan like I am, you're going, oh, God, please just get off the field. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is, and I could be wrong on these a little bit, but uh, the Lions didn't 
have to sacrifice too much to get him versus what the Vikings have given up to get Dalvin Cook, who's had a pretty bad injury bug. Well, the the Vikings didn't sacrifice a whole lot to get Dalvin Cook. They they didn't have to really sacrifice anything. They had the draft pick there and they scooped him. Well, so what, what was and that's what I'm getting at. What, what was Dalvin Cook's draft round? He was a second rounder. What was on Johnson? He was a second rounder. Okay, so they're right yeah. the same level. Then. They're right around the same level. The big thing about about Dalvin Cook is you're right, the injury bug. I don't really carry on. He has had a very short career so far. So I mean, we don't know if the injury bug's going to strike. We do have to remember that when Dalvin Cook started getting all the rushes, he that's when he got he tore his ACL. Now he's got a hamstring injury. He's out. But moving back to carry on, he. Um, He's just a beast, and I think it, it's going to show LeGarrette Blunt doesn't need to be on this football team. I don't think he's a necessity anymore. Um, as much He'll as, be a cap casualty. Yep, as much as we, we like LeGarrette Blunt, and I do like him a lot. I think he's a big bruiser and a big downhill runner. Carry on Johnson, this is his team now, and uh, he's taken this this uh, whole thing by storm. I, I thought we, we were talking about him at draft time. We said he was a great pick. Um, we said we, we expected him to blow up. Uh, the offensive line has looked really good for him. He he's going to be the the next big thing in Detroit, and uh, the NFC North needs to take notice. Number four, Odell Beckham, the other giant there. Eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Big big game. These are the types of performances I expect out of Odell Beckham. Um, but you haven't seen them. Yeah, I mean you have and you haven't. <clears throat> I mean. Uh, he, versus the Panthers a few weeks ago, he had 131 in a touchdown. So, I mean, he, he's getting out there a little bit. Um, I, I believe you had him on your top 10 a couple weeks ago. Um, against the Texans, he did have 9 for 109. He didn't hit the end zone, but he's been hitting pay dirt a little bit more these last three games. He's got two touchdowns in the last three games. So, so um, was this his fourth 100-yard uh, game? Yep, fourth 100-yard game. He kicked it off against the, the Jags of all teams. Um, 109 against the Texans, 131 against the Panthers, 143 against the Falcons. He seems so like I've he, seen a trend. It's, yeah, one on, one off. It's huh? moving up. Yeah, but, but it's also moving in the right direction, too, for the most part. Right. 649 yards so far on the year, two TDs. Um, <clears throat> he's he's getting in the end zone a little bit. He's been one of the, the impact players for the for the Giants, but they they're they need something else there. Uh, Eli Manning hasn't been getting the job done. It's been a lot of Odell on the ground, a lot of rack yards for him. Um, so I, I mean, I want to see, uh, I want to see if, if Odell can continue this trend, but he had a hell of a performance against the Falcons, even though the Falcons have a shoddy defense, um, he had a hell of a performance. So very impressive. Going to the top three and starting off the top three is my last person from Monday night football from last week. Three players from Monday night, that's a, that's a big game, both sides. We had one from each so far. Yeah. And the last one, going to go to the ones who actually won that game, that's the Packers. And it's Devontae Adams. Ten receptions, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. Yep, big game. Monster game. Um, obviously, you got the stats in front of you. And to me, off the top, it has to be his best performance of the year. Um, as far as the yards and touchdown well, yard, concerned. Yardage-wise, he was about eight short of his season. Short of oh, season he did have a good week the week yep. prior against so the Lions, was it? Yeah, against the Lions, 140 yards. Um, he had a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> so he, he was about eight shy, but he still had ten receptions on the day, two touchdowns. So I do think it makes the performance better than his, his one from the week before because he did hit Pater twice. But Devontae Adams is, if you look he's, at his... He's got to be on pace for 1,000. He, he's 557 on so far on the season, so he's on pace for over 1,000. His touchdowns, though, this is a huge number. He's had a touchdown in every week except for one. 
I think that says something about how good. That's huge. That says something about how good Devontae Adams is and how important he is. And at his age, he's 25 years old. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. I really hope that the Packers are taking notice that this guy could be the real thing. Um, he, he had two touchdowns against the Niners, one against the Lions. He didn't have one against the Bills, but then he had one, one, and one against the Redskins, Vikings, and Bears. So he's out there pl- just balling out right now. And um, he's showing everybody up, really. I mean, Randall Cobb was he's supposed to be the number one guy there. Um, and... To be honest with you, Randall Cobb has been underperforming, and he's getting outperformed by by uh, Devontae Adams. Cobb has only appeared in three games this year. So I, I I think right now you're looking at Devontae Adams for the cheap contract, and you're saying, hey, Randall, I'll see you later, pal. Have a nice day. Uh, Randall Cobb, he, he, he's got 194 on the year, actually. So 194, he's only got one touchdown. He's only appeared in three games of the seven. See you later, Randall Cobb. I don't need you. Devontae Adams has arrived. So, um, but I like this pick. I think it was it was brilliant. You didn't see very very many players come up with that amount of yardage, um, or, and or hit Pater that that you know much either. So, absolutely. You talk about touchdowns. I I have a, a interesting stat to give you after you my number one before you start your forgotten five. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, my two and one are from the same team. Wow. And you're gonna know. I mean, that should kind of give you an idea of who it is. Um, number two is Patrick Mahomes. Huge. Big huge game. game. He would have been my number one except for one thing. So he went 20 for 39, 358 yards, four touchdowns. The pick moves him to two. Oh, gotcha. Um, the pick moves him to two. <clears throat> but uh, so uh, Patrick Mahomes, big game, 71% completion percentage. Big game for him, 123.7 rating. Great rating, uh, four touchdowns. He had, he did have the pick, but he he came out firing um, and lit up the Bengals. I mean, you gotta love what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He nobody expected this out of him. And outside of that game against the Jackson Jacksonville a few weeks ago, he's he's had um, n- numerous hundred hundred uh, percent ratings there over the last few weeks. Right, I mean to to light up the uh, the Bengals the way he did. He's he's definitely an MVP talks. Um, I think he's arguably the most prolific quarterback in the league at this current moment. Um, just a big game so far, a big big season so far. Twenty five hundred yards. He's got twenty five oh seven. He's had six interceptions on the year, but twenty two touchdown passes. Moving into week seven of the year. So I mean, <clears throat> we're we're not halfway through yet. But from a hypothetical standpoint, you know, I we remember Tom Brady put up what fifty touchdowns, right? So he could very or well. It was actually Peyton Manning who put up what fifty-two or something. He was Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton's, Peyton's got it. Yeah. For so, but he could. Patrick Mahomes could be. You know, if he keeps going how he's going, he could be the guy to touch that. So I think that's something uh, very interesting. Something to behold. Um, I like this pick. Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, and he's gonna uh, hopefully he continues to be a great quarterback in this league. Number one, Kareem Hunt. Huge game. 141 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns. Uh, I believe it was one on the ground and two through the air. Yeah, if, if he was to fall out of your top ten, it would be because the touch one of those touchdowns didn't show up. But the three touchdowns really signals to me that he's the top guy. Um, just... Points upon points upon points upon points upon points. He, he's a chain mover. 
He, he keeps the defenses honest with the way he runs. He keeps the defenses honest with the way he catches out of the backfield. Um, he, he shined in his, his rookie season, and he's just continuing it going right now. Um, and, and the Chiefs really, I mean, he's in the second year of his deal, and, and this guy's a monster. Um, and he was a third-rounder. I mean, that, that was a huge thing. He was a third-round guy that's, that's come out just blasting. You remember who went to college? Where he went to college? I know you have it in front of you, but I'm just I'm just being cocky. And I mean, I know he. Oh, you love the University of Toledo. I know that. It, it's just. I mean, yes. I I I went to Toledo for college, but it, it's really cool to see a, a guy come out of a school that's relatively small when it comes to the grand scheme of things. Yeah, you don't doing see it very really often. well. You don't see that very often. That's something interesting. And and Kareem Hunt comes out uh, last year's rushing leader, and and right now he's got 542 on the year, five touchdowns. So uh, rushing-wise, anyway. So he, he's having himself a good year as a running back. I, I'm impressed with Kareem Hunt um, and everything he's doing over there in Kansas City. But with that, Tyler. I, I just said I had a stat to throw at you. You have a stat? Go. You're, this this amazed me when I saw it. What's that? So, okay. So what position scores the most touchdowns in a season? I would assume it would be running back. No. Come on. Quarterback. Well, I mean, if you, if you want to call it scoring, I don't know if it, if I call it a quarterback scoring. But I mean, you you hear about like forty five touchdown seasons and they're like yeah, quarterback yeah. running backs and receivers don't do that. I, I mean, I guess running backs and receivers. I mean, they 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 score touchdowns, but not forty. <laughs> not forty. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess you're right in that situation. Yeah, like yeah. What what's a great running back and receiver like like twenty some right? Yeah. Well, like if you hit like sixteen, seventeen, you're having a great year. Yep. You ever touch on the game, you're having a great year. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley is on pace for 43 touchdowns scrimmage. Which is average for him. It's, it's average. <laughs> Tomorrow's season, yes, but it's, it's average. He's on pace to crush anything any running back or receiver's ever done. Like, 43 touchdowns is more than touchdowns than quarterbacks normally get. Like, yeah. The, the, the season Gurley is having when it comes to touchdowns and scoring. Is just it, it it's it's legendary. Yeah, he's he is the the next big thing as far as um, being a, a fantastic running back in this league. He and, and running backs because it's become a passing league. He's really adapted. You know, a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, for example, he's going to go down. Zeke's going to go down as great runner, but is Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, the the playmaking entity that Todd Gurley is. I don't know. Ezekiel Elliott comes running out of the backfield like a monster. And I, th- I think out of the backfield, I still think he's better than Gurley. But Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have the the, the diverse um, pass-catching ability that, that uh, Todd Gurley has. So, so uh, the record for most touchdowns from scrimmage, um, non-passing, mm-hmm. Um, is Damian Tomlinson right in 06, 31. Gurley, so we, we're, we're not even halfway through yet. We're one, he said to beat that by 12. We're, we're, we're one week away, one more game from being halfway through. Mm-hmm. Gurley's at 19 right now. <laughs> and we're not halfway through yet. It would be fun to watch him break that. This, it, no, it'd be a lot of fun. And I think eventually they're going to start talking about it once we get closer to it. But... Because obviously it's easy for it, it's easy to shut down a player. I mean, it, it, yeah. it happens every once in a while. But the season Gurley's having, I, I, we've, we've been talking about this. Like three of the last four weeks is like, oh yep, Gurley three touchdowns. And and McVeigh's um, offensive scheme kind of caters to him in that fashion. So I mean, I, I 
I like this. I, I think it's it's a good time. Um, so, are are we good now? Are we are we set? Yep, I, uh, we're set. I, I think that was really cool to mention. I wanted to bring it up. Oh, well, that is a cool stat. And and um, with that, Tyler, we're ready to go into Greytown's Forgotten Fun. And I love this. Yeah, I you just love it when I crap on people, and so you're just a bad person. Well, here's the thing. I, um, for those who don't know us personally, I the the, the this the whole segment thing we've been doing since the season started is kind of, in a way, ironic, because I'm Mr. Optimistic, <laughs> you're Mr. Pessimistic. I am. So the idea that I'm doing all the great stuff and Scott's shitting on people is just kind of uh, makes sense. It's par for the course. Um, but I I I even have and I'm going to take your your thing here. I've got some honorable mentions this week as well. We got some really close ones. Um, a couple of guys underperformed, but what kept them out of the forgetful five was the fact that they scored touchdowns. Um, Deshaun Watson. And his, in his case, one. Yep, his one touchdown. Uh, 12 for 24, so he only had 50% um, uh, passing completion percentage. Uh, 139 yards, one touchdown. Um, bad game for him. Still picked up the win. Um, only one touchdown on the day. Uh, so that kind of kept him out of there. Um, now, would you put him in your top five if if he, they lost? If they lost and he didn't have the touchdown. Okay, fair. Yeah, if he didn't have the touchdown, I think we're talking about. But but with without the with the touchdown and the win, you're talking about he game managed. Yeah, with with the but touchdown, I don't, no I picks. Don't, I don't like the uh, percentage. Yeah, but with the touchdown and no picks, I'm I'm calling and, and believe it or not, even though it's a bad performance, people did worse than him. For, for various reasons. Um, and, and in this particular one, we're going to see a lot of whole teams enter the, the forgetful five, believe it or not. Well, this wouldn't be the first time. Well, we've seen whole teams enter it, but not like this. Not like this. Okay. Um, so another honorable mention, we're going to go with C.J. Bethard, uh, 15 for 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, the fact that he threw one less interception than one of the people on here is what kept him out of the top five. And my big reason for keeping him out of the top five is um, C.J. Bathard did not expect to have to to uh, play in the volume he has been. Yes. And he, and in all honesty, with the exception of this week, C.J. Bathard has played good ball. He's come he's, to play. He's, he's doing his job. He's saying, hey, I'm going to carry this team. He's, he's, he's doing the best he can. Right. And so now moving into the top five, we're going to start with number five here. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles minus minus Zach Ertz in the second half. Yeah. Zach Ertz came out and and lit the world on fire um, during this game. But the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they blew a 17 point game to Carolina. Um, they, they go up 17 nothing. It looks like it's going to be a blowout. Carolina comes back, trounces of 21 17. Um, just rails him in the second half. Nobody saw that coming. Um, so I, I got to, you know, cre- number one, you don't score any points at all in the second half. That's that's one problem. So that's why the offense is going to well, get hammered. I, I see it almost every week. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're going to get hammered on it. But then secondly, secondly, you know, how can you just not stop them? You know, <clears throat> 21 points in, in the second half, just give it up willy-nilly. I mean, Carolina, they got to do better. Or, I'm sorry, Philadelphia, they got to do better, especially against a team like Carolina. Um, I, I get it, it's Cam Newton, but 
Cam Newton, you know, there's ways to stop him, and, and they just didn't come to play in the second half of that game. So shame on them <clears throat> for not getting the job done there in Philadelphia. Uh, number four <clears throat> goes to the now benched Blake Bortles. Uh, six for 12, 61 yards. He got replaced by Cody Kessler in the Rough game. Outing. Bad outing. He's had bad outings all year. Um, finally, the, the Jags have had enough. They benched Blake Bortles um, after he goes six for 12 for 61 yards. He didn't have a pick on the day, but it was still just such a bad performance, not getting uh, anything going. Uh, he's had an interception bug all year. So uh, uh, there's that. Number three, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Jets, third down offense. Um, 0 for 22 until late in the third quarter on third downs. Wow. 0 for 22, both of these teams. Uh, the Vikings at one point I was looking at, and the stat just continued to grow. At one point it was like 0 for 8 on the Viking side and 0 for 6 on the Jet side. It was just a mess. Um Neither, and I get it. You know, there was there was forty mile an hour winds in this game. You you couldn't get anything going, but you're you're standing there scratching your head, going, "When is somebody going to convert a third down in this game?" The fact that the Vikings were were scoring thirty seven points in this game, in spite of not converting a third down until late. That, that's quarter, insane. It's it's crazy to me. So um, shame on them for not being able to freaking get a third down conversion for Christ's sake. Uh, number two, Josh Rosen. Uh, he goes 21 for 39, 194, a touchdown, three picks on the day. Seems to be uh, a recurring theme for old Josh Rosen. Lots of picks. Um, 194 yards. Doesn't break that just, 200 Just mark. barely over 50%. And, and what I'm going to say about Josh Rosen is he he hit number two in the, the forgetful five. And this game in particular, compared to what he's been doing all, all season long, that was an upswing. For him, which is bad. That was an upswing. Um, and last but not least, uh, number one, and I don't think anybody can deny this, uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, just uh, uh, obliterated by Indianapolis this week. Five well, One good thing's the safety. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, five points scored on the day, uh, 37 points against them. Derek Anderson went, went an abysmal 20 for 31 for 175. Three interceptions on the day. No touchdowns for him. Um, just a horrible day on both sides of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Um, LaShawn McCoy finds himself in concussion protocol. Um, so, I mean, we we got to talk about that. I mean, how, how badly are the Buffalo Bills just getting spanked here? Um, and, and how bad is LaShawn McCoy? He, he's just been getting his butt kicked all over the field he's, he's, all year He's long. all the team's got. Yeah, I mean, and that's... And McCoy's still a great running back. I'm going to give him the credit there. The, the stats may not show it, but he's all the team's got. He's he's trying his, his absolute hardest to, to keep this team afloat. The, the worst thing is, is they actually have some big-name receivers and some good receivers on that team like Kelvin Benjamin, and they're just not utilizing them properly. Uh, Josh Allen is just not a good quarterback, and and they know that Allen can't deliver the ball. Derek Anderson proved that he's more of the same. Twenty for thirty-one, just a horrible day. One hundred seventy-five yards. Anderson does, barely takes any shots downfield. Um, just a bad, bad outing for the old Buffalo Bills. Um, but to their credit, their two wins are because of Josh Allen. <clears throat> so, so, and I don't even know it's because of Josh Allen. That's my thing. I, I think it's a lot of it had to do with their defense coming to play. 
Um, we've seen that, uh, especially against, I mean, against my Vikings. I mean, 26 to 7, they almost shut down the Vikings, shut out the Vikings for the first time at home since 1967. Um, with some great defensive play. I mean, it's... That would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, I hate you. But uh, the the Bills are just, they're, again, bottom feeders in the league. They're, again, what, back what, to... What's where, crazy is they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah. This and, team went to the playoffs. And now they're back to to the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, it's a bad day for, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm not impressed. I, I can't be impressed. I won't be impressed. And then poor LaShawn McCoy um, finds himself in concussion protocol. This is, what, the second or third injuries he's had this year. Um, one, I mean, he's had knee injuries and head injuries, and he's just, he's all banged up. they got to get the guy some protection. Um, so Bills wind up as number one on this whole thing. LaShawn McCoy sitting in concussion protocol, it, it really sucks for him. So uh, there is that. And that ends Freytown's forgetful five. It was pretty fun. I think, we need, I think we need a break, though. Yeah, we, we're going to take a quick break right here. And uh, when we get back, we're going to go around the league a little bit. And Tyler and I are going to give you guys our predictions for the upcoming week here. Last week was really fun. Yeah, yeah, for you. <laughs> um, so I'll uh, give you that little spoiler in a little while. Yeah, just a mess. Anyway, we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. That tell us what is right from wrong Who's the fan of charm my actions for to confirm I, I won't hurt anyone Everyone is on a different path To find the joy that they all seek But there's more than just one way To find the road that's meant for me I hear your voice calling out It's guiding me before I lose my way Now I can't control this trembling to the outside blitz i'm your host tyler dean the fact that it took three takes <laughs> to come back into the show because you just would not shut up is just so irritating oh my oh, god I, I love that i can see the screen now this is amazing uh, it's the worst get him on the other side of the table again let me control my computer here golly <laughs> Well, we are back. Uh, this is Tyler Dean. I'm here with Scotty Freitas. Uh, the fabulous one is here. He's I'm, just not very excited. No, anymore. I'm not very excited. <laughs> He's bugging me on my computer. Oh, Suck a dick. Yeah, come on. Suck a dick. There it is. Um, <clears throat> so, Tyler, um, and that goes for you. Suck a dick. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> we are uh, looking at some stuff around the league. 
We've got, a, I mean, kind of a lot. It's it's kind of quick, kind of. We, we talked about a bunch of it. We, we, we did work through a bunch of it, so <clears throat> we're, we're doing really well. We've already talked about Adam Thielen uh, tying uh, Charlie Hennigan's record. Um, we, we Let's get back into trades. We can move back into trades, though. Uh, and uh, first we'll start. Le'Veon Bell, man, we're, we're still in trade talks. We're still freaking talking about Le'Veon Bell. I'm so annoyed with and, this. And it's not a surprise. I mean, we knew this was going to come up near the trade deadline, but I do not think anything's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I, I think he's going to sign his tenure. He'll, be, he'll finish the year. He'll be done. He will move on and... Sign with a new team next year. You you think that <clears throat> Le'Veon Bell is going to sign his tender? I I do. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna wanna. He's already forfeited more salary than any other running back in the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely has. And Juju Smith Schuster for sure definitely wants him to be back. Yeah, yeah, buying um, all those Mega Millions. He tickets bought a bunch of Mega Millions around. tickets to say, "Hey, I just want to win so I can uh, get Le'Veon Bell paid." Yeah. Um. So, with all this, uh, I mean, things are, are pretty mellow. Um, we, we haven't heard much about any teams, like, looking at them or, or talking about picking them up. Um, it's, a, it's a huge price to pay. Like, this is very similar to uh, the Cleo Mack situation. Yeah. You are, have to trade they... for them and then have an agreed contract. Right. I mean, are there any teams that are willing to take on – a guy in in week eight of the season to to try and make that move. I don't I don't know that there is. Um, I think the I think the other big thing is is Le'Veon Bell proving to be a himself player versus a team player. Right. I I don't know that he would he would. Uh, uh, I I don't know that that he would report unless he got a deal. Um, Patriots. They they could use him. Sony Michael goes down. They still have James White that's playing up to par. Um, other potential landing spots that are being talked about: Dolphins, Jets, Texans, Jags, uh, Chargers, um, Ravens. Ravens are are being talked about. I mean, there's there's plenty of of teams out there that are um, being talked about. You could also talk about you know the even though they have Adrian Peterson, the Redskins. Adrian Peterson is an older guy. The Packers need a running back. Uh, the Bucs can't get Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber going. Eagles. Uh, the Eagles. I mean, yeah, Jay Ajayi goes down, but I think we're going to see Jay Ajayi coming back. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's <clears throat> there's uh, questions but is, there. But is Jay Ajayi Elliott or Barkley? I don't think he is, but at the same time, Jay Ajayi has been a, a pretty significant cog in that, that uh, um, Eagles offense, and and I don't think that I think they're they're desperately missing him, and I don't think they're going to wind up replacing him anytime soon. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he's, you're probably right; he's probably not on the move. Um, but there are teams out there that I think that could be potential landing spots for him. Now, um, also teams, uh, some teams are placing certain guys on the block that are just confusing to me. We already talked about the Raiders, but we, we see uh, Demarius Thomas being placed on the block over there in Denver. Doesn't stun me. <laughs> it doesn't, and it um, does. I mean, it, the guys, he's underperforming. Yeah, but I think it also has to do with the who they have behind center, too. I think Denver knows they're kind of going to a rebuild mode. Yeah. And Demarius Thomas is 30. Yep. So, he, so a team that would be interested in him would be a team that's in win now. I mean, sort of, yeah. I mean, I think Demarius Thomas, uh, he's... He's kind of on the ass end of his contract here. Um, I mean, 
Demarius Thomas had he's underperformed, I, I believe, for the uh, the last several years here. Um, <clears throat> he he knows his days are numbered. He said flat out, like I know my days are numbered in Denver, and my days coming up here where I'm I'm getting hell out of here. Yeah, his his days are numbered in this league. Um, yeah, I still think that Demarius Thomas can be can be very effective in this league, but. He is thirty. That's kind of that. That's that number. So he's in. He's in the fourth year of his deal. His in next year is his deal's up. Um, he's set to make fourteen million dollars next year. If you're the Denver Broncos and you have a potential out of total paying him a total, I mean the the total amount including his salary that he's already been paid and his signing bonuses, um, he would only cost you three million dollars in dead cap space. You'd have fifty-six million dollars that you would wind up paying him total, the potential out at the end of this year. Do you let Demarius Thomas walk, or do you trade him and go get something for him? And and to me, you're going to trade him. You're going to throw him. If up a there. team is interested, you <coughs> trade him immediately. Yeah, get rid of him. I mean, if he he's not performing, he's not helping your team really at all. I mean, you, you haven't seen much love out of Demarius Thomas. Um, it, it was a big contract. It was fun while it lasted. You got a Super Bowl out of it, but you know, have a nice day. You know, and I think that's that's what we're going to see um, moving forward. If they don't continue on with the fifth year option, they, they could just dump them and let them go, and you could see that. And and I mean, that would just be a waste of a player to me. I mean, some of these teams need to start thinking about getting something for the guys that are getting ready to go out the door or the guys that you don't want. It's that time. It's time to quit playing coy and playing pals and whatever the case may be. Go out, get your first-round pick that you know you can get for a guy like Demarius Thomas, and just move forward and create your team of the future. And I think that's that's what needs to happen um, for the Denver Broncos. Now, also another guy um, that got placed on the trade block as a wide receiver, Devontae Parker gets placed on the trade block. Block. Um, I think this is underratedly a big a big deal. I, I think uh, Devontae Parker can uh, make some noise on a new team with a, with a more explosive offense. He he's had a history of being a fairly good player. I think he's a good number two. I think he can make some. Uh, Damage in a, on, a, on a more explosive offense. Well, he was supposed to be the number one over there in Miami this year. They were <clears throat> after Landry went. They expected Parker to blow up, and and he hasn't blown up. He's had a bit of an injury bug this year. Um, I believe Parker is the kind of guy that could go to a team with a good quarterback and be something extremely special. Um, he's fast. He's got great hands. He's a big boy. Uh, <clears throat> I, I like him. I, I think he he makes good plays in, in the red zone. Um, he just he needs an experienced quarterback. Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler are not going to be the guys to deliver him the football effectively. Yeah, see, see, when I first saw him going the block, my first thought was obviously as a Ravens fan is after, after this year, dump Crabtree, get Parker, get Parker. <clears throat> yeah, but then you're going to have two vertical threats. I don't see Parker as a guy that that uh, is a chain mover the way that that a Crabtree is. Um, Parker, he's a big bodied guy, and, and but he's faster than fast, and he's he's a, a downfield kind of guy. Jarvis Landry was the kind of guy that was just a chain mover, and and that's what he's been. And I like Jarvis Landry for that fact. He, even though he he's shown that he can catch a long ball, Jarvis Landry is a guy that that is primarily an over the middle type of uh, receiver. Um, Parker, on the other hand, is was always the deep ball guy. They expected him to pan out as the number one. He hasn't panned out because of the injuries. Um, I believe that that. Uh, uh, Devontae Parker, I don't think anybody's going to take a shot on him, but if somebody does, they're going to benefit from it in the long term. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think teams are weary on him, but I think if the team does pull the trigger, they're, they're, gonna, they're going to be excited that they did. Yep, and, and trade-wise, <clears throat> we, we got to see something kind of weird 
Um, and and they said they're not. They said at the end of the day they're not going to trade him. Um, they, they said that today. But Patrick Peterson requested a trade from the Arizona Cardinals, and then came back and said that he wants <coughs> to help be a part of the solution. That came out today. Right. He said he wants to be a part of the solution. He apparently had a sit down with the owner. Uh, Must have gone pretty well. My problem here is Patrick Peterson wants out. Um, <clears throat> he wants to be a part of the solution, but how old is he? I, I believe he's he's thirty years old. I mean, how long can he help be a part of the solution and still want to win a Super Bowl? Right. Uh, I, at the end of the day, you still want to win, and trading him could be a big could be a good idea for this Cardinals team. Whether he wants to stay, wants to go. Um, he's a, still a great, great corner. Currently, he's he's twenty eight. He's got uh, this year and then two more left on his deal. <clears throat> you saw a lot of teams sniffing around for a corner. Minnesota was one of those teams that people were talking about. Um, <clears throat> I see a guy like Patrick Peterson, and you know, I was I was hearing this a lot earlier today. The guy's slated to make eleven million dollars this year, eleven million dollars next year, and then twelve five next year, uh, the following year. I don't give a crap about cat problems or anything like that with a guy like this and a player of this caliber <clears throat> the guy that can come out there and rock and roll and i see a guy like patrick patrick peterson wants at arizona where there's a will there's a way i am making that cap space i am going to create that room and i'm going to say arizona here's your first rounder if you're a win now team you're looking at this guy right now 100 he's still he's still got two years left in his "Quote unquote prime, right? Um, before he starts on the back end of his prime. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's been one of, I'm sorry, one of the best, the best corner yeah. in this league for um, three, four years. Now. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, he, um, Patrick Peterson is better than what than what Richard Sherman was. Patrick Peterson was the example of what you should be as a corner in this league. Right. Richard Sherman came out with that five interception year, and everybody made a big hubbub about it. Nobody was talking about the shutdown corners like Patrick Peterson and, dare I say it, Xavier Rhodes. Um, and I could only imagine. Or Jimmy Smith <clears throat> and Joe Hayden. Like, yep. There's a lot of top-notch um, corners that were getting looked over. Yeah, it, all because Richard Sherman was a loudmouth. I mean, from, quite frankly, I, I see what I see here is I, I see Patrick Peterson and and a guy that wants out of there, and they're, they're over here. If you have to talk the guy into staying, it's probably just not worth having him around. And uh, to me, they should let Patrick Peterson just go and do what he wants to do. There's teams out there that want to win. This guy deserves a championship. He's got, I mean, really your prime is from your when you're 27 to you're 32. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. You need to let him go and do what he's going to do. I understand Arizona wants to hold on to him. They've got him till he's 30. To hell with it. Let him go. Let him be happy. I mean, there and your your season's already a dumpster fire as it is. You're you're one and six on the year. You know you're going to wind up in the the first part of the draft. See you later, Patrick Peterson. Have a good day. And what two teams are worst case scenario for the for the other the rest of the league for them to go, but best case scenario for them to go to, and that's the Saints. Yep, and the Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. Two teams need dangerous places for him to him to wind up. I, I think there's other there's a few others too. I think the Patriots are a scary place for him to go. Um, I, I think that you know they he's not needed in, in a place like Baltimore or anything like that. No. Um, he, he, I mean, God forbid he went to the Rams. I mean, God forbid that happened. God now, forbid the, the, he went the, to Minnesota. The Rams or the Ravens don't need him, but would they advance their defenses? Absolutely. Yeah. God forbid he went to Minnesota. 
I mean, in Minnesota right now is very thin at corner. If I'm if I'm the Minnesota Vikings and I'm in that win mound win now mode that everybody's been talking about for the better part of the last two years, I'm looking at this. I'm considering it. Mike Hughes just went down with an ACL tear. You know, Mackenzie Alexander. I mean, Xavier Rhodes just rolled his ankle. You got Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes is eh. Mackenzie Alexander eh. I mean, you got two iffy corners there that, that are supposed to be, you know, anchoring your defense. And I'm supposed to believe that that these are the guys. No. If Rhodes I'm a, can't do it all. Rhodes can't do it all. You're right. And, and I, I mean, Harrison Smith can't do it all. you got to have somebody there. I mean, if you have a guy like Patrick, could you imagine having Patrick Peterson and Xavier Rhodes on the same field standing across from each other? How imposing is that defense? It'd be nasty. I mean, it's the rem- and, it's and reminiscent I, and I, of Rivas and Cromartie. And I, I hate to uh, – um, Showboat too much, but you talk about combos. Um, you look at you look at Ravens, uh, Weddle, Weddle, Jefferson, and Jimmy. Yep. I mean, they, they have they have one of the, basically the scariest corner duo in the game right now. And I and I had even mentioned uh, um, Humphrey and uh, and uh, Tavon Young and Carr. Mm-hmm. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yes, good absolutely. problem to have. That's like, a, and, like, after I talk about trading <laughs> Jimmy Smith, like, you, you can trade Jimmy Smith. And not miss a beat. That's a right. great problem to have. Right. I mean, uh, Patrick Peterson, he, I, I hope that a team goes after him. I, I wish that – I know that the Vikings from a cap space area, it's like, no, we can't do this. But yeah, to me – Same for Ravens. <clears throat> to me, I'm over here going, I don't give a crap about your cap space. You make it happen. <laughs> you make it work. You make it happen. Um, <clears throat> so we, we also found a, a signing uh, happen over the course of this past week. Uh, it was a release and then a signing – uh, Terrell Pryor gets released by the Jets. Um, to replace him, they go out and pick up the former uh, number one receiver from Tennessee, Rashard Matthews. Um, the whole thing's sad because Pryor had such a great season for the Browns, and I, I believe he broke a thousand, like, like twelve hundred yards or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he, he had a lot of upside. He had, he had a great season. The Browns. Then he went to the Redskins and had a rough mm-hmm. year, and then he just hasn't been anything since he he left the Browns there. Yeah, he, he hasn't been anything spectacular. Um, Terrell Pryor is is the kind of guy that I, I mean, you feel bad because you know originally he was a cor- he was a quarterback, you know, and and he he turned into a receiver. He tried to adapt in this league. Um, you thought he was gonna gonna make some serious headway here, and uh, he just didn't. <laughs> he just didn't. Um, he had he had one thousand seven yards with Cleveland, his best year. Um, that was back in 2016. Um, he, he's been bobbled around a little bit. Um, I mean, he, he went to Washington. He had 240 yards. He went to the Jets. He had 235. They realized he wasn't productive, producing. They dump him. Um, they signed Rashard Matthews, who just came off his, a number one receiver year over in Tennessee. He was their number one receiver he there. He didn't just come off it, though. He's been a couple seasons off. Of that, well, but, he's, he still but, had a very good year yeah. for them. Um I, I I like this move. I, I think it, it helps. They, they're a team that's very um, uh, uh, rough when it comes to – I mean, he, he was he was a number one over there in Titans. I mean, you're, you're talking – he is coming off of that year, 795 last year, 945 the year before that. He was their number one guy last year. Um, but I, I see it, and he had nine touchdowns in 2016, four in 2017 – I believe that this is a great move. Robbie Anderson needs help. 
They're very thin at receiver Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Robbie Anderson has a chance to be great, but he, he needs support to, to continue to be great. Now, if I'm the Jets and I'm looking to turn this whole thing around, what I'm doing is I'm not only signing Richard Matthews to a deal, but then I'm also going to pick up Devontae Parker. I'm going to try and make a move for him, and I'm going to get a young receiving core. They're speedy. They're fast. they got good hands. I could see the three of them being something very dangerous and very scary in this league moving forward, especially given the fact that Richard Matthews would be the senior in that group at 29 years old. So Now, you're supposed to be the older one, so I hope you recognize this. Every time I bring up a movie, you say, oh, no, I haven't seen it. You're supposed to be the older one. Yeah. You ever watch the movie, What About Bob? No. A again, wow. I'm this an old man. You're an old I man, but you're, you should know these movies. These are movies you should know. Uh, no. What about Dez? Who cares about Dez? Dez is better than Richard Matthews. Dez Bryant, the the regressing wide receiver that we continuously there's something that's and the regressing wide receiver that hasn't broken a thousand for three years and has a big mouth. Who cares about Dez Bryant? I don't want him on the field, and I wouldn't want to see his ass around either. See you later, Dez. Have a nice day. Yo, you you balk on my my seven million dollar four year, a year four year deal in Baltimore. Well, tough noogies, man. That's your own fault. Des Bryant is a loudmouth. He wants a one-year prove-it deal. Well, guess what? I'm not giving you a one-year prove-it deal. I want you for the long term. If you're not here for the long term, have a nice day. Des Bryant is an idiot, period. He's a loudmouth, and he's an idiot. And he should just stay off the field. He should stay home, and he should just go away at this point. No teams are looking at him because of his mouth and because of the fact that he's overrated at this point. He's past his prime. He's declined. He he went past his prime and declined earlier than everybody had originally predicted. To hell with Des Bryant. To hell with him. I wouldn't want to see him either. I like this signing. I think Rashard Matthews is, is better than Des Bryant. And and I think he's better than Des Bryant, and he he's shown that over the course of the last two years. Fair enough. I'm so sick of Des Bryant. So sick of him. So the last bit of trade slash signing news, and I forget to talk about Carlos Hyde. Um, yeah, it, this one was a big one. Uh, Carlos Hyde goes to the Jags. Um, it's kind of big and it's kind of not. Okay, because so Carlos Hyde underperforms. In Cleveland, um, he gets outdone by Nick Chubb. He gets outdone by by Duke Johnson. I mean, by a landslide. Absolutely. By a landslide. Absolutely. And and um, Duke Johnson, I mean, was proving to be the better back. Nick Chubb even proved to be the better back. Nick Chubb takes the workload this week and just rips the world apart um, and shows that he can be a number one running back. Um, so you gotta love that. Duke Johnson, um, he, he's going to be a change of pace guy. You can tell that that's the direction they're going. I'm surprised that they're making him the change of pace guy because they gave him the same, actually a little bit bigger of a contract than they gave Carlos Hyde. Um, <clears throat> but Carlos Hyde goes to the, the Jags. It's not good news for the Jags in their running game, though, there, um, if you look at it. I mean, it's not, not really good news to sit there and, and you know, see – Oh, here's Carlos Hyde, you know, coming into town after our yeah, star running back goes Car down. Carlos Hyde's got to be pissed because at the end of the day, I'm sorry. When Fournette's ready, that's Fournette's team. Fournette is a awesome running back. Right. And Carlos Hyde, TJ Yeldon are not going to take that from him. Fournette's had a had a great career so far. He's just he's, he's dealing with a is it a hamstring I believe. Yeah, he's he's absent from from practice this week as well. 
Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's bad news for Fournette fantasy owners. It's bad news for the Jags all around. Um, I mean, it's just <clears throat> kind of sucks. Kind of sucks for the Jags, and now they're going to have to re rely on, on Carlos Hyde, who just hasn't been himself since he left. I mean, everybody kind of hopes that the change of scenery is going to help him. He hasn't been himself since his rookie season, well, in all honesty. I mean, Carlos Hyde, he, <clears throat> he came out hot. He had, he's had a couple of good years, but um, he, he hasn't been himself in Cleveland, for sure. That's for damn sure. Um, everybody thought he was going to have a, a big year, and he was going to help them turn the corner. He still hasn't broken a thousand in his career. Nine eighty-eight in 2016, his biggest year. Nine thirty-eight in 2017. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I Carlos High was, was expected to be like the next big thing, and he just hasn't. No, he hasn't really panned out. He still has to have a. He still has yet to have a thousand-yard year. So um, his best season was what? Um, Nine eighty-eight. Last right season? No, 2016. Um, as far as touchdowns and uh, yards, I believe last season was like more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're counting the tie, if you're looking at touchdowns, sure. Um, I, I just see he, he was thought to be so much better. It just it hasn't worked. No, he hasn't. He hasn't been the guy. Um, and and he didn't pan out in Cleveland. Nick Chubb proving to be the guy over there. So Carlos Hyde um, says hello to Jacksonville. You know it's Leonard Fournette, Fournette's team. You just don't know when Leonard Fournette's going to be back. Um, right and and speaking of of more troubles in Jacksonville, Blake Bortles gets benched. Uh, Cody Kessler comes trotting onto the field, does equally as bad. Um, it just it sucks to be a Jaguar right now. It just absolutely sucks. This is not what we expected out of Jacksonville moving into the season. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a painful reminder to both of us. Mm -hmm. So right before the season started, we did the season predictions. Right. Um. We had the Jags getting like 14 wins, man. So your prediction was Vikings versus Jaguars in the Super Bowl. Yep. My prediction was Rams versus Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're both going, well, uh, I want to forget that I made that prediction. Yep. Because that was just awful. We may need to revisit those next week. I yep. Guess. So next week we're midway through the season. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about this. Next week we will be doing a revisit of our predictions. We'll, so we'll, we'll throw in the uh, season-ending predictions with, uh, it right before our uh, week predictions and see where we see things going after the mid-season. So next week, we're already halfway through. Yep, and, and uh, I, I, we're going we're gonna to have to revisit this stuff because it's going to get ugly, 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 ugly. Because um, I know I'm not going to put Jacksonville 14 Absolutely not. Um, now, speaking of injuries, uh, we're, Marshawn Lynch gets placed on IR this past week. How much After initially believing that he would be down for a month, it's turned into an IR visit. Yeah. Um, what does this mean for Oakland? I'm going to be honest with you. Are they done with Marshawn Lynch at this point? I believe they're done with Marshawn Lynch. Um, I'm stunned. So who their backup is, I'm stunned they even signed him because they had Marshawn Lynch. But now... He gets to go back to doing what he does. Um, um, Doug Martin has had a great career, but I'm just stunned that they signed him as a backup. I, I'm surprised they signed him as a backup, and at the same time, I don't believe Doug Martin. I mean, okay, Doug Martin had had a, has had a good year. He's had some injury-trodden years, so let's bear that in mind. Okay. Definitely true. He's only broken 1,000 yards once in his career. Um, he, he's... Uh, 
Well, actually, I take that back. He did it twice. He did it once in 2012, once in 2015. Um, I stand corrected. Now, so he in and they were big thousand yard breaks, 1454 in 2012, 1402 in 2015. Uh, he was the rushing leader one year, if I'm not mistaken. Doug Martin can be a good runner. It just depends on on the system that he's in. Um, I'm surprised they signed him as a backup. He's got 99 yards this year. Let's see what Doug Martin can do. Does he step up and become the number one guy over there? And I, I don't know that um, that the Raiders are going to give him that opportunity. Well, they're, they're, well no, he's definitely getting the opportunity. He's the guy. But um, Richard, uh, I'm sorry, um, Jalen Richard. Jalen Richard's going to be the guy. Is a guy that's going to steal some carries from him. Yep. He, he's going to wind up being the guy that, that I, a lot of people are predicting is going to explode. A lot of people are saying Jalen Richards is going to be just uh, beast mode here. Um, we'll see what what happens between Doug Martin and Jalen Richards. So it's going to be for now. We have a mid season um, uh, a mid season fight. Jalen Richard has said, "I'm flat out like I'm ready for um, I, I'm and I'm ready for for a bigger workload." You got DeAndre Washington also there that was ready to take a big workload. And DeAndre Washington, if you remember. Also started taking a big workload last year as well. So you got a, a quarter. You got a running back competition here in the middle of the season. This is typical John Gruden nonsense. I think the man's a maniac. I think he's out of his mind. Well, we know how this is going to end. John well, Gruden will gonna, trade two of them. He's going to trade two of them away, <laughs> and then he's going to say, "You know what we need? We need, we need a power back. We need an all-star running back on this team." You know, he 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 trades away Khalil Mack. You know what we need? We need a pass rusher. Well. Way to go, Dippy. You just traded away your, your best freaking pass rusher. Oh, now, and I'm waiting for this, this next weekend. They're going to lose the game, and then you're going you're gonna to see John Gruden going, oh, you know what we need? We need an all-star wide receiver on this team. <laughs> you're, you're just waiting for it. I, I'm just like, what is he, high? Speaking of running backs um, and injuries, uh, LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's in concussion protocol. I believe he's gonna come out of it. I mean, he got knocked out early in the game. He got he got whacked hard. McCoy's proving to be one of the more uh, long term running backs in this league. Like it wasn't too long ago, they're like, oh, the best three running backs in this league is Bashawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I remember those days. And Who's still standing? Yeah, the only LaShawn one standing McCoy. is LaShawn McCoy. But well, he, Adrian Peterson's having kind of a resurgence here. But, in a way, I but guess. But as far as consistency, <clears throat> McCoy, McCoy hasn't gone anywhere. Except this year, he's not been consistent. And also running backs hitting hitting uh, IR, Bilal Powell. Yes. Bilal Powell hits IR this this week after. And, and I I mean, he seemed fine. That's the thing that kicked me that was confusing. He seemed fine during the Minnesota game. And, and um, Jets have actually had a pretty decent one-two punch at running back. They blow Powell more in the receiving game, right? And Crowell more the uh, the back. And and so if we're talking about in terms of, of what it affects, yeah, um, Crowell's gonna get a heavier workload. But Crowell's used to that. He was the guy. He was the guy in Cleveland. Well, he's almost in the same situation because um, uh, Duke Johnson Duke Johnson was more the receiving back. He likes to. He really does like to. Uh, Sign out of crap teams, doesn't he? Wait, he spent his whole <laughs> career with Crowell before Jets, right? Yeah, yeah. So as far as um, what does this mean for the Jets? The Jets are struggling, but they're going to struggle more. Crowell's proven to be a uh, guy who's willing and able to take the workload. 
Yeah, I agree. So I don't think Jets are going to struggle in the run game. Um, Crowell is a very very underrated back. He's a, he's a good running back. He is. They, they say Elijah McGuire is supposed to be the guy that, that was going to be uh, picking up some of that slack. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they, they placed him on IR, and instead of replacing him, they, they went and picked up a safety to, to fill his spot. <laughs> so, I mean, it shows you how much they, they really care about picking up another running back to, to replace or Bilal Powell. Or it shows they're confident. Yeah, and, and you know what? what? I, I remember Bilal Powell being, you know, a monster. For, for a minute there. He, yeah. he he blew up for a minute there. So I'm surprised that Bilal Powell isn't, isn't getting more love. But at the end of the day, it'll be Elijah McGuire kind of picking up that number two spot um, for them. Um, now, also on IR, Quan Alexander hits IR this week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, linebacker tears his ACL um, out for the season. How bad does this kick the living daylights out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you're talking the defense that's already pretty bad. Yeah. Allowing a shit ton of points, making the offense have to score so many points. This just continues them down the black hole of uh, the defenses going in the shitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he He's uh, a, a very important piece to this defense. He He's a great tackling linebacker. He makes good plays. Um, and for a guy who, who came out of the fourth round, that's that says something. Um, he, he's been to a Pro Bowl before. Uh, th- this kills them. This kills Tampa Bay. Um, I, I don't really think there's many replacements out there that, that you can find uh, on free agency. Um, there's not much. There's not much. I mean, possible replacements that, that a lot of news outlets are saying. Uh, I mean, Navarro Bowman is out there. I mean, and that would be a replacement, but you're going to pay a pretty penny for him. You know you're going to be paying big money for Navarro Bowman. Um, they're also talking about Brandon Marshall. You'd have to trade for him with the Broncos. Um, they're saying B.J. Goodson. He plays for the New York Giants, but he's a backup already. Uh, Hayes Pollard, he was a backup. Derek Johnson, he's, I mean, he's up there in years. Are you going to really want to trade for him? I mean, at this, see, I don't think you go that far into replacing him because I think Buccaneers are on their way down yeah, anyway. They're they're on the down. They had a strong start, but I, it, we predicted it, and it's kind of starting to come to fruition. It's kind of starting to come down. Yeah, I mean, Fitz Fitz Magic is gone. Uh, Jameis Winston. Um, he's playing all right, but he's not going to get them to the playoffs or anything like that. I, I, I don't think they, I think they just kind of wipe their hands of it, call it a loss, go into the, the off season, pick up some more defensive pieces and, and try and put it all together here. Um, and, uh, another guy hits IR, uh, Derek Barnett from the, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, defensive end. He hits, uh, IR. This is a huge hit to a Philadelphia defense that has been actually struggling this year, believe it or not. They're struggling. They, they lost a lot in the offseason, too. They, they, yes. So between the injuries and the trades and the uh, loss of free agency, this team has lost a lot in defense. Right. Um, yeah, it, this is going to be ugly. This is going to get re- even more ugly. It, I mean, it, it's already ugly. I, I already, I already believe that the uh, Eagles are not going to win this division. I don't believe they're going to win the division, and I don't even think they're going to even come anywhere near the playoffs. Um, Barnett, 
Playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, uh, Barnett kind of – this injury is kind of the final nail in the coffin, I think, for them. No pass rush. Um, he's a great tackler. He's a huge piece of that that front line there, and him going down is is a big hit for them. Uh, Barnett is a he's a dynamic player. He's fast for a, a very big man. Kind of kind of painful. Former first rounder last year. He's in his second year of his contract. He's only 22 years old, and uh, you know that injury is going to linger for a while. Um, you got to hope he's going to come back the same guy next season, but he's out for the year. Um, so, uh, I mean, they say Josh Sweat will be the guy that, that takes over for him. Who? Exactly. So Derek Barnett goes down the Eagles. The woes in Philadelphia continue, but one guy that, um, comes back, one guy that comes back, uh, speaking of defensive ends, the Everson Griffin makes his way back to, uh, to Minnesota. Um, he's, he resumes team activities. What do we make of this? You're not going to like my, my what I'm going to say. I, I'm okay with whatever you're going to say. Um, mental illness is a tough thing. Yes. Um, to me, this is a very rapid comeback based on what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. And unless he's been properly medicated, I'm, I'm concerned that um, he might fall back to whatever he has going on. Obviously, I don't I don't know for sure what he has going on, but for the situation happened at the, at the hotel that night, it, it's it's tough. Yeah. Um but I'm 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 worried about him. Mm-hmm. Um I'm concerned that the team's bringing him back a little early. And obviously that's that's with noting that I, I don't know as much as they do. Yeah, I mean, it, hopefully they know more than I do, and hopefully they that there's something that's given him the chance to clear him. But if you read that story, it's very chilling to watch. Is just a it, he he wasn't in the right state, and he wasn't drunk. He wasn't. It's, it's pretty disturbing. I, I <clears throat> the understanding is that he uh, um, he's no longer listed on their injury report as having a football related injury. Um, or or with non football related rather uh, next to his name. Um, he, he doesn't know, you know, we don't know whether or not he's going to be available for this weekend. Uh, Mike Zimmer refuses to say whether he's going to be, um, and, and he just apologized. He said he, the exact quote was, first off, I want to take full responsibility for my actions that went on in September. I had a lot of support from my family, the Vikings, the doc, my doctors, my teammates, the fans. And, you know, I want to give my apologies to the people I impacted, I'm sorry if I affected them in any type of way. I'm just excited to get back here with my team and get back to the grind of things. It's been hard to be away, but I'm happy to be back. It's a good feeling right now, and I'm taking one day at a time and one thing at a time to get things back on track. Um, so, I mean, I, I, he seems like he's he's ready to roll. Uh, Sheldon Richardson said he appeared bright-eyed and bushy-tailed upon returning to the facility. Um, Harrison Smith noted that... Uh, um, you know, he, they're very excited to have him back out on the field. Um, so, I mean, you don't know. I mean, I, I my hope is that he's not going to go out on the field and try and rip a quarterback's head off or something. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's it, such a great player. He's such yeah, a, it's, 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 it's tough. Yeah. This, this is a confusing like, one. It's, it's like you, you hope everything's fine. You hope that this is behind him, but. 
mental illness is 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 it it it's tough. There's no predicting it. Yep. And I and I really I truly hope they have it under control. I truly hope for the best for Everson Griffin, but it, it's hard to say. And I I I don't know what to make of it yet. Yeah. He but he he came out and and he's uh he's ready to rock and roll as far as as the Vikings are concerned. Um, kind of a confusing thing. I, I, I'm surprised. I, we were just a couple of two weeks ago, we were talking about how his season was over. I mean, that's what we were saying. We, I thought guy, it was too. And, and I thought it was. And, and we were saying, this guy's got to be done. And uh, here he is coming back onto the field. Uh, you don't know if he's going to be ready to roll for this week. But, you know, I mean, I hope he is. I mean, I hope he's ready to roll. I hope his mental illness is better. Um, and, and I'm loving uh, what we are uh, – uh, I'm loving what we're seeing here, um, you know, from with him coming back out. Uh, so I mean, I mean, welcome back, Everson Griffin. I guess, I guess, is that where we're at? For for now, yes. But I, I'm going to stand by. I'm I'm going to watch this closely. Is I I am still concerned. Mm. Um, I don't know what to make of it. Still, it's 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 weird. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. Now, something else that I found weird this week, um, we are talking about, uh, and I'm going to say not only is it weird, but it's also concerning. Dak Prescott gets whacked in in uh, the game. He gets checked for concussions. He is standing on the side of the field, clearly using smelling salts. It's caught on camera. Um, nothing really has been said about it very much. Um, the The league has been pretty quiet about it. I mean, what do you make of this? What What do we make of this? I mean, should should first of all, first question is, should the Cowboys be fine? I think so. It's it's definitely a curious situation. It, they, I obviously they wanted to get their quarterback back out there, and I mean, but at the same time, I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate. And say how much proof do they really have besides they pictures a, of it looking like he smelled. The no, they got a straight up video of him doing it. He was caught straight up on camera using smelling salts. Um, the the and I mean the people are are tearing into the the Cowboys medical staff saying well what what the hell you know uh, I mean that it, it, just confusing that's uh, I mean people and and the video is is pretty clear it, it's it's a pretty obvious thing here he is he comes out on the field he's walking he's walking he's walking. And he's he's waving it in his face. He's very clearly using smelling salts. It was it was a very obvious thing, doing this in front of you know waving his fingers in front of his face like that. Very obvious. Um, came out of the medical tent with it, so he must have gotten hammered pretty bad. And and they gave him. I mean that's that's a concussion. I mean the hit was nasty. I remember the hit. I just I didn't see the smelling salt thing, and then I saw the report. Here's the hit that was for sure a concussion. I mean I. I Right there. I mean, just got clobbered. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see he gets clobbered. I mean, even Tony Romo was saying, oh, that's that's a, a concussion. You know, I remember I saw that play while I was while I was sitting there watching this game. And, and Tony Romo flat out, hey, that's a concussion. I mean, Tony Romo knew it. I mean, right off the top, him laying there, he gets walked, he walks off the field, he, he bounces back like a, no, 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 no. 
You know, it's not like it's not like he he's you know Bane and he hits a button and suddenly venom starts <laughs> running through his veins here. He had smelling salt. I mean, it, come on now. Well, I mean, what, what what is it? RoboCop. He's got the nuke and he's he's injecting it himself. Like, let's be real. He this was without a shadow of a doubt. Um, a, a medical staff not doing their job and not protecting players. They should be ripped. They should be fine. If somebody should be fired, I want to know who in the hell gave them the smelling salts. I want to know if the Dallas Cowboys are going to get fined for it. I want to know if the league's going to come down. The league's been preaching league safety over and over and over and over and over again. That's all we've been hearing. League safety. We've got all this, this nonsense about falling on quarterbacks, and then we got a quarterback out here gets railed in the head, smelling salts being obviously used on the field, and the league has done nothing. Crickets from the, from the NFL. Roger Goodell says nothing. What is it? Because the, the Dallas Cowboys are America's team? Nobody cares. Don't use smelling salts. Don't cheat. How about that? You got a concussion? Go where you're supposed to go. Go into concussion protocol. Tough titties said the kitty. Period. I mean, really. That's a good way to put it. I mean, I, I don't understand. You know, and 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 the the NFL players players association crickets. The the NFL safety committee crickets. Roger Goodell crickets. Why? Because because you know. Uh, Jerry Jones is sitting there, you know, shining his smooth ones down under. I mean, what what do you want me to say at this point? This needs to be investigated. Dak Prescott needs to, uh, you know, be in trouble. The Cowboys need to be in trouble. The medical staff needs to be in trouble, period. And and when we're talking about uh, player safety, I mean, Vontae's perfect is, is – and we're talking about concussions – Vontae's perfect is, is running around railing people in the head. Continuing just to put people's lives in danger. Yeah, and, and and really just beating on people. Now, now I gotta say this about, about Vontae's perfect. Here's what I'll say about this. The the hits against the Steelers, dumb. Dumb hits. Why are you hitting people like that? Are you high? Are you out of your mind? What are you trying to do? Kill somebody? He doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. And and then they they he you know guys like him and James Harrison and I've always hated James Harrison because I think he's a loudmouth too. Oh, the game's getting soft. You know what? The game has gotten soft, but at the same time, you're also not trying to decapitate somebody. Now, I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm also not trying to make somebody mentally handicapped because I'm railing him in the head with a, the crown of my helmet. Like I mean, what is he? What are you nuts? I mean, it's it's unnecessary. It is. It is unnecessary. Make the tackle like an adult. Quit trying to act. I mean, and that's exactly what Vontae's Perfect does. And James Harrison did for a long time. They act like a, a couple of high school kids that that uh, um, you know get you know pissed off at the other team and they want to just go and beat on them and hurt. Them. And, and I, was, I was gonna say you, you notice that the uh, players that he typically hits is players that he's typically uh, having a hard time with. Well, that or. Well, outsizes them, so he knows he can kind of muscle them around. Right, guys like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's a lanky guy. You really think that Vontae's Perfect's going to have a hard time railing that guy? And like James Harrison, James Harrison had no business hitting uh, Colt McCoy the way he did. No, James Harrison, he he wrecked him. He had no business hitting anybody the way he did. I mean, his and and Vontae's Perfect has has racked up um, just a, a series of fines. Um, over the course of the last several years, 
I mean, and I do I feel like the guy needs to be knocked out of the league. Like I, I keep hearing no. I keep hearing people saying, Oh, you know, oh yeah, take him out of the league, get rid of him, get rid of him. I mean, this last fine was hundred and twelve thousand dollars. So I mean it it definitely um was something. You know, I mean it's not like like he he just uh uh it's not like he just like, you know, was getting fined ten grand and that was that. I mean, even though I mean to you and I ten grand's a lot of money, not to a guy that's making twelve, thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year. But um I mean if you look at it, he he I mean this this stuff and, and a lot of people are detailing it. He's been dirty all the way since he was back in high school. He used to hit people helmet to helmet and that's kind of ridiculous. When he was at the Bengals, I mean he had a failed drug test at the NFL Combine. Um, they were saying he was non-draftable because he he used to to hit people, you know, going into the draft. The Bengals scooped him up as a, a free agent, which was was ridiculous. I mean, the fact that they even let that guy, you know, walk out of the draft is is obnoxious. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of personal fouls. He hit uh, Ryan Taylor. Um, honestly, he kicked him right in the, in the balls, um, which was kind of ridiculous. Uh, it's it, it just a laundry list. Face mask against Fred Jackson. He he uh, speared Stephen Hill when they played the Jets. He um, uh, I mean, and here's one one of my things that that I have an issue with the the twisting ankle thing that goes on. Um, Burfecht, there there's certain ones where they they say, oh, he's twisting the guy's ankle, and then there's times where it's like, no, no, that was just him getting up and uh, not releasing. The, the, the video you have there, I I think that was the deliberate ankle twist. Yeah, I mean, and I was I was looking at the one from from uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, it, it didn't look like an ankle twist. I don't know if they, if I'm seeing that one. Um, the hit on on Ben Roethlisberger, which was a low hit, uh, he he whacked him. I mean, definitely whacked him in the legs. Um, he got fined for that one. Um, and and a lot of people are thinking that it's it's uh, premeditated. He hit Kelvin Benjamin, who really hard and helmet to helmet. Benjamin suffered a a, a concussion. Um, he. I don't think that that he necessarily – sometimes I don't think he necessarily means to be a dirty player, you know, to be honest with you. Um, there's some intentions where I think, you know, because he's had an instance in – he's had instances in the past, people are automatically going to jump on him. And, and and that's a valid point. Yeah, and I think that that happens a lot more often than, than not. I mean, the hit uh, – this is, this one was my, my least favorite right there. I mean, the, the, the hit, the helmet-to-helmet – um, Pac-Man got the, the penalty, but he, he straight up knocks down, knocks out Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown goes, no bones, scary, scary hit. Um, you know, that was, that was back in 2016. Um, he stomps on LeGarrette Blunt during the game against the Patriots. Um, and, and you know, people are, are kind of like, uh, making a bigger deal out of, for example, they, they're saying, oh, you know, he was a dirty player. He flipped the birds to the fans in Buffalo. How many times have we seen a player flip the bird to to the fans and, and not get fined for it? Earl Thomas just kind of did it. Yeah, Earl Thomas didn't get fined. He, he flipped the bird. He didn't get fined. Um, he he uh, tackled Giovanni Bernard by diving at his knees. Um, 
and and that was the year after Bernard had a uh, uh, ACL tear. He didn't get fined for it, but he, um, you know, he he was suspended five games for for uh, uh, taking down Anthony Sherman with a big hit while he was in a pat running passing route. Um, you know, he was ejected from a game against the Titans. I mean, and and I think a lot of people are are and and the reason he was ejected for that one was because he accidentally came in contact with an official. Um, four game suspension for for violating the league's uh, performance enhancement drug policy. Um, I mean, and he he hasn't gotten suspended for the Antonio Brown hit. He got fined for it. People think that he's going to get suspended for for this most recent one. I mean. Is he out of control? Does he have malicious intent? I don't think he always has malicious intent. I think sometimes he does. Um, does that mean he should be ejected from the league? No, but, I mean, something has to be done at some point. Um, I think you, you know, you you and, and our, one of our friends, Josh, you know, Josh was on the show here. Josh, uh, was, they were saying, oh, this guy needs to be thrown out of this league. And, uh, and I don't think that's the case. I think he's a good linebacker. He's a good player. Um, we just gotta uh, we gotta see what happens with Levante's here. I mean, I think a lot of the hits, like I said, I think a lot of them are exaggerated after a while because certain things have happened in the past, so people are are just keeping them under a microscope. Um, and uh, speaking of the rules, your boy John Harbaugh. Yeah, he he does he wants to uh, change the uh, challenge rules. Yes. Um, he believes that uh, you shouldn't have to win both challenges to get a third challenge. And whatever your stance is, so here's, here's my standpoint on it. So in a way, you could deem it bad coaching. Um, Harbaugh used both his challenges in, um, very early in the first quarter. Yes. But here's my thing. Um, you shouldn't have to challenge a play. The referees should get it right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if it's close... If there's any, if there, if there's a play that is even um, remotely close, have it looked at. Here's my thing about this. Um, so he, he, he I, I get where I get his gripe. I, I feel like the challenge play, you should be able to challenge plays any time in the game. I understand within two minutes every play is supposed to be reviewed. Let's face facts. Within two minutes, not every play is getting reviewed. No, let's it, be real. It, 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 like I said. Within two minutes, any play that's remotely close should be reviewed, but it's not always. It's not always, and and the challenge flag should be allowed to be thrown. Um, to say that that you can't challenge a play within within the final two minutes is is just a ridiculous thing. Um, scoring plays, they say all scoring plays get reviewed, um, and it seems like they do. I, I, whether or not they they actually do, I mean, I guess I'm not. I'm never quite sure. Sometimes it seems like like they're getting to that extra point line a lot faster. Um, on certain plays and others, um, and and uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I I agree with him that that you shouldn't have to challenge twice successfully in order to get a third. I feel like um, you, you should be able to just have three challenges right in a row in in a game. Um, I don't think you should be able to have unlimited challenges. I, I feel like you do have to limit it because eventually you're going to have you know coaches just kind of chucking flags all over the place willy nilly. Same time. Um, I gotta say, I, I really do, um, agree with, with, uh, John Harbaugh that, that you shouldn't have to challenge twice. Having three, three challenges per game is, seems a lot more reasonable. Being able to challenge within two minutes is a lot more reasonable. 
Um, and a lot of times within those two minutes, we see a lot of uh, uh, we see a lot of plays that that are questionable, that are debatable, and and we don't know uh, if if anybody in New York is sitting there even looking at them. Um, so I I agree with John Harbaugh here. I think I feel like you should have three challenges. You can't. You should be able to challenge within the two minutes. Um, now, last but not least. We had we were talking about Adam Thielen's record for the day. Let's talk Drew Brees. We have to talk about him. We were talking about him last week. We got to talk about him this week. A couple of couple of records here. Yep. Uh, Drew Brees becomes the fourth quarterback in history to reach 500 touchdowns, third to beat all 32 NFL teams. Which the first one we knew was coming. Yep. He was at 499 before the game. Yep. We talked about it, it last week. Going to happen. It was inevitable. And. I didn't realize that he was going to be the third to beat all 32 teams, though. And so this is an interesting one. I was I was doing some research on this, and you're you're gonna you're gonna like this. So he's the third one to beat all 32 teams, right? But what does what he does did require? Changing teams, really? Does it? Yeah, because that's because you 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 have to be able to leave your own team to beat all 32, like Tom Brady. He's beaten 31 because he hasn't beaten the Patriots because oh, he is yeah. a Patriot. Yeah, that's a good point. This is an interesting one. So I, I got some. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I was researching this earlier. This is this is interesting. So um, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, and Peyton Manning have beaten all 32 teams. Yep. But Manning and Favre had to leave their teams to eventually beat their original teams. Right. Brees, luckily enough, started with started San Diego. With San Diego yep. beat the the Saints before he came to the Saints. Gotcha. So here are so you have Tom Brady, Kerry Collins, and Aaron Rodgers who are at 31. Obviously, Rodgers and Brady have never left their teams. Right. So they can't beat I've beaten 32 teams. I wish they would leave their teams. So they can get it. <laughs> I wish no, I wish they would just leave their teams in general. <laughs> Kerry Collins did leave his team, but he, he when he left his team, he didn't get a chance to beat his original team being the Miami Dolphins. Right. And then you have uh, three guys, two current teams. Wow! Um, that have thir- thirty of the thirty-two. John Elway. Yep. Obviously not gonna. No, that's not gonna happen. Yep. Clearly, he's done. Um, Joe Flacco and Alex Smith. Alex Smith, however, can do it. Oh boy! Currently, because he actually has changed. So he he's supposed to beat the Chiefs, obviously, yep. and the Forty ers Kind of obviously. Yeah. So wait, he he hasn't played the 49ers since then because he's he's, he's been with the Chiefs for quite some time. I think he's played them, but he doesn't beat them. Oh boy. So that one will be fun. And then you got the then you got the third one is Joe Flacco. Yep. Um Flacco obviously, is, obviously the Ravens. Yep. And then the Seahawks. Okay. So he and he's not probably gonna leave Baltimore. Um so. if he keeps playing we, we talked about this earlier this season, like I mean, he could be on his way out, but the way he's playing, no, he's not going anywhere. No, I don't think so. But Seahawks is a possibility. But if, <laughs> so it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, you say yeah, you beat all three of two teams, but to do that, you, you have, have to, to at least play for two teams. Wow, because you can't obviously play against your own team. And, and obviously, you know, Brett Favre did it because he was with the the Packers for all those years, and then he changed over to the Vikings for that one season, beat on the Packers both times. So I mean that that makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes absolute sense. Um, so that, that one was a huge one. I thought that was a cool record and, and, uh, kudos to, uh, 
Drew Brees for that. And and with that, Tyler, we're we're all done talking about around the league here. We're all squared away. Um, but we do have some unfinished business before we we sign off here. Um, we got to go uh, into our our season, our predictions for the upcoming year. What are we at? What are we at? I know so, you you took a big jump. So here. Scott, you had a good week. Yeah, yeah. You went eleven. You went eleven and four. Yeah. Great week. That's one of the better weeks we've had. Well, you had a perfect game, didn't you? But I went fifteen and oh. Oh man. So I gained four games on you. Ouch. So I'm up six games. Ouch. So the current, I'm sitting at 66, 39, and 2. You're at 60, 45, and 2. Wow. So um, we are in week 8, Tyler. And uh, with that, it's time for our week 8 predictions. Are you excited? Big smile. Big smile. I'm I'm feeling great. I'm in a great spot right now. Oh, yeah. So uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, we got the Dolphins and the Texans. Um, I'm gonna go uh, Texans here. I'm going Houston all the way. Yeah, Houston's on a roll right now. They're gonna keep it going. Yep, that's where I'm at. Um, over on the uh, uh, Sunday game uh, from London, live from London, we're talking Eagles and Jags. This one's gonna be this one's tough. tough. I'm going to go. I'm gonna say that the Eagles are gonna or the Jaguars are gonna continue to struggle. I'm going Eagles. I'm going Eagles here as well. I I, I don't think the, the Jags have a shot in hell on that one. Uh, another, Even though the last time they were they were in England, they oh happy. they they lit your Ravens yeah, on they, fire. Yeah, they, they they sculled them hard. Yes. Um, the next one is actually another tough one: the Ravens and the Panthers. Kind of a toughie. Panthers coming off of the come from behind victory. I think I'm going Ravens in this one. So the Ravens haven't, every time the Ravens have lost a game this year, the next game has just been a beating. Yes. So I am um, also going to the Ravens here. What I believe to be potentially a game of the week, this is a game the Ravens can lose because the Panthers are a very good team. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, Ravens defense uh, making uh, Cam Newton run around like hell. Wow. And the Ravens win this game. Wow. So you're also going Ravens? Yes, I'm also going Ravens here. Next up, we got um, the Broncos and the Chiefs. Um, I'm going Chiefs all day on this one. Man, it was good to see the Broncos playing some good ball last Thursday night. Yes. But I think Mahomes is going to get the job done. Yeah, this is a big rematch. And here's another big rematch for you. The Browns and the Steelers. Um, No tie this time. The Steelers get it done. The Steelers are actually hot right now. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers. I I think that's that's, uh, a lot of good games this week. Look at this one. The Seahawks and the Lions this week. Um, the number three ranked defense in the league versus a, a an offense that's kind of humming right now. Um, wow, that's it's it's actually sounding like a toughie. I know a lot of people are probably leaning Lions. I'm going Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks. Oh, um, so. I, Seahawks got a good defense still going. Still, um, we thought going into the season that this would be the season they started to really diminish. They're starting to, but they're still playing good ball. Yeah, it's, and that's the, the key there. They're still playing good football. They're still uh, keeping up with a lot of teams. They kept up with the Rams a few weeks ago, so that's a big one. Um, Buccaneers versus the Bengals. Um, I hate tough to loss. say if I'm going Bengals. Tough loss for the Bengals, but I think they bounce back. I'm going Bengals as well. Um, this one is just going to, I mean, it's the Jets are so hit or miss, but it's the Jets and the Bears. I'm going Bears. Duh, Bears. Yep, going Bears. Uh, you almost have to go Bears. In, in, 
you and I have picked exactly the same team each each game so far. Um, so I'm gonna say uh, we well we got Redskins and Giants. I'm going Skins. This one's tough because this division's tough. This division's tough, but I don't think the the Giants have anything going for them right now. I think I think that the Giants actually gave the Redskins a decent run for their money. I'm sorry, not the Redskins, but the Falcons last week on Monday yeah. night. I'm gonna go Giants here. Wow. Okay. Go nuts. Uh, here's another one: the Colts and the Raiders, kind of the toilet bowl of the week. Well, not yet because I see another one: Colts and Raiders. I'm going Colts. Colts. Yeah, I'm going Colts. <laughs> Um, here's here's a good toilet bowl. Here here's a good one: the 49ers and the Cardinals. Man, I'm I'm struggling to remember what happened last time, but I'm, I'm I I trust Bethard more than I trust Rosen right now. I'm gonna go the 49ers. Yeah, I'm gonna go Niners as well. I I don't think you know we we've only got one game change change things. Um, I I, I kind of want to get ballsy at some point here. Uh, we only have. Three well, we got games. a couple of games coming up here that you could get ballsy on. Yeah, uh, the Packers and the Rams. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm not picking against the Rams. I don't right think anybody now. is. I don't think anybody is. I don't care who, who if you have Aaron Rodgers or not. I'm going Rams. Um, this one will be a ballsy one. The Saints and the Vikings. I'm going Saints right now. Um, I think the Saints are hotter than the Vikings, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark just because I'm going to go Vikings. I could have called. I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and then just keep my fingers crossed for a Minneapolis Miracle play. And last but not, <laughs> yeah, and last but not least, we've got the Patriots and the Bills. Do it. Do it. Take them. I'm going with the Patriots. Chicken shit. I, you really Patriots. think... Patriots. Yeah, I mean, come on now. What, what are you, high? Now, I, I something I wanted to do, um, I want to change one of my picks, if I can, if that's okay with you. I mean, we're supposed to go alternating who picks what, just to keep it fair. But you know what? I'm feeling generous. Oh, okay. Go for it. Uh, I, I want to go with the Browns. Interesting. I want to go with the Browns against the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, if, that's not the one I thought you were going to pick. And, well, I, I want to change another one if I can. I'm, I'm having second thoughts. I mean, you're really getting balls. I am. I want to go with the Lions. over the Seahawks. What's funny... Is when you first said that, I had I had a game in mind that you were going to change, and you chose two t- two games that were not that. Oh, which one did you think I was going to change? <laughs> hold, hold on, you think I was going to take the Panthers? Yeah. Uh no, no, no. I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take the Browns. So the Browns and the Lions. Yep. I wanted to change it up a little bit. I want to get nutsy and uh, you know see if I can start to make a comeback here. I got to try something. Something's got to give. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, sh- I'm here shooting perfect. So. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Red well, Pastor. last week at least. Yeah. So um, with that, that's our end of our show, end of the Outside Blitz for the this week. And um, thank you uh, so much for listening. Um, just giving a quick shout-out to our executive producer, Jordan J. Scavone. Uh, thank you for everything that you do. You're an incredible human being. Check out Jordan's books. The Mud Princess and Be Mighty, baby. Yeah, those are great books. Um, kids love them. Jordan's out there doing uh, some autograph sessions. So if you do see him around, you know, uh, go say hi. Check out his books. They're fantastic. Um, also, a big shout out to our sponsors at Your Time Massage. Uh, remember, Amanda is the top massage therapist out there. And uh, it's In always. In the country. Yeah. And uh, 
always remember, it's your time, and you can visit her website, uh, iytmassage.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. Um, and uh, I think I think we're set for the night, man. That's it. I, That's I, it. I got I got my fifteen zero plan for this week oh, as well. Fifteen zero plan is that what we're calling it? Well, I'm the only one to do it. So. Yeah, fifteen and zero. Second dick. <laughs> Second dick. <laughs> <is> jealous. <laughs> so next week, uh, because of Halloween, I, mean, I don't even know why I didn't even say this because the recording's coming <laughs> on such different days. But yeah. We will be recording on Monday night. Yeah, we'll be recording on Monday night. You know, uh, I, I have babies. And, and that need to go trick-or-treating. And the, these two kids, if they don't go trick-or-treating and they don't get this candy, they're going to lose their minds and they're going to rip my head off in my sleep. Yeah, that's fine. But on Monday, um, I apologize in advance. I have no idea what state I'm going, going to be in, but I am getting a minor surgery done on Monday afternoon. So I don't know. I, I, we, we, we will be recording, but I could be a little more mellowed out. Yeah, oh, is that what we're going to call it? Well, who, who knows what Monday's, Monday's going to be? I'm going to walk in and Tyler's going to have like yoga music going, this very serene thing going on. Yeah, hey, I, might, Scott. I might just hit you. I mean, depends on how many drugs they give me. How are you today? He's going to be talking like Eeyore. You're, you're going to be you're going to be making the noises that Tony Romo makes during during football games. Uh, you're going to play. I am. You've been, wait, you've been waiting. All I've been waiting for this one. Come on. Here's, here's Tyler on, on Monday. Jordan's going to yell. That's okay. Jordan Jordan's going to yell. He always yells at me. He gets mad at me. But um, anyhow, folks, thanks for listening. Um, and we will see you uh, next week for Tyler Dean, the titillating Tyler, Tyler Dean. And uh, the fabulous one, myself, Scotty Freytown. Uh, thank you for so much for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>